Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Tuesday afternoon, I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk on AM 1600, KIVA, VQ.FM, 5D5500 here as my, literally my engineer walks out the door. We've got uh, another new streaming service, so it should be 100% uptime on that. Thanks to the good people at Angel Fire Net uh, for helping us out up north. Uh, we're, we're keeping it local, no longer across the pond on that. Just got to switch over our tune-in. And our uh, regular feed on Kiva, or excuse me, on uh, abq.fm. So looking forward to that. Got a jam-packed show. Uh, Doubt has uh, set the die. The die has been cast uh, for this particular show. He set it all up top to bottom. So we're going to go with that. And thank goodness uh, for that. Uh, he is also broadcasting from uh, no longer on the other side of the glass. He is across the uh, city of Albuquerque. So we've got uh, bookend to bookend, uh, both sides <laughs> of the I-25. North to south, and uh, well, we'd love to somebody have uh, east to west, but we know murder mics on that. We now are on to 86 murders, the latest one coming last night. As uh, I was uh, corresponding with uh, murder Mike, I'm actually helping murder Mike uh, quite a bit uh, tracking this. 86 murders, uh, folks. The uh, latest one, he says, man found shot to death on Cornell. Actually, uh, ended up being on Catherine around 9 p.m. last night. Not one single report, not one single report on that from any of the news uh, this morning. It should be noted. APD homicide detectives investigate no further details and uh, no reports uh, from Channel 4, 7, and 13 running the interference for Tim Keller. Uh, you know. So there you go. It ended up being 2323 Catherine Southeast right there in the projects. Yes, it was. Uh, so not hard to believe there. 86 murders. A uh, real war zone uh, affair uh, happening out there. And uh, I'll run down uh, very quickly uh, the show before we uh, go ahead and bring D. Dowd Muska, and he's very excited about this show because I, I shot him something, and and uh, well, we we I said we were going to talk about space, but we didn't turn it into a whole segment. Let's just put it that way. So very quick, I'm very happy. Brief, about brief. That. yeah, very, very, very brief. Uh, as brief as we can possibly get. I did uh, interface directly with uh, Harrison Jack Schmidt uh, this morning, which was uh, great. We're, we're text buddies now, so that's great. Cool. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, we're going to have him in. Um, but I think uh, he is not a man who has a statue, but uh, Jesse Pinkman does. I was uh, very uh, happy to see three different articles or three different respondents, uh, if you don't mind me starting the show with this, in the news, the Albuquerque Urinal. Oh, hmm. Michelle Garcia-Holmes is talking about CYFD. Yeah, that's a good Congressional District 1 uh, piece to run on, right? Uh, running on CYFD, boy. <sighs> All sorts of stupid in that little head of hers. Where was the public input on Breaking Bad statues? This from Eric Padilla. This stands in stark contrast to the monuments taken down of historical figures, albeit good or bad, depending upon your view of history and personal beliefs. Fictional drug dealers and the gangster lifestyle would not be glorified. What kind of legacy are we leaving for future generations? Here, here, Eric, uh, good one. But here, Thomas Curley, uh, by the way, you can find this in the Albuquerque Journal, abqjournal.com. Thomas Curley says, uh, well... What about the people who were posing with Bart Simpson and all that? I didn't see them wanting to get rid of that. And there's inside the uh, doubt. I know you just uh, went through the isotopes ballpark for the very first time the other day. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's where those statues are located. He's making a comparison to those TV characters and the Breaking Bad characters. He's a liberal. And then Alfred Puglisi uh, wrote into the journal and he said, 
Breaking Bad, the most complete documentary out on Albuquerque ever. <laughs> Why don't they air it on PBS? <laughs> <laughs> On Los Colores. So uh, there you go. Um, I think uh, three good takes, uh, all very reflective of uh, each of the three slices uh, that are there now. I got to say, boy, it is, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be hurt if somebody tore down those statues. Let's just, uh, I guess that's, is that the best way to phrase it? The most apropos way to phrase Uh, it? Well, you know, funny, Eddie, uh, our most clicked item from the Daily Blast, uh, rockoftalk.chat, is, uh, was our friend Nick Wilbur's essay at, uh, I think it's called the Conservative New New Mexico. Conservative New Mexico? Hold on a minute. Yeah, Conservative New Mexican. Yeah, yeah, Conservative New Mexican. Uh, That was our number... That he, he wrote in, and that was our most clicked, uh, it's called The Conservative New Mexican, and the headline is, uh, if it'll load for me, in honor of fame, Breaking Bad statues send a clear message, uh, and Nick was uh, not, not a supporter of this, but before we proceed, let me take a point of, point of personal preference, uh-huh. folks, I can't be angry today, I can't be upset about anything, I got an envelope from the state of New Mexico, I'm going to open it on the air and i think i know what's in it today here you go here you go watch this here it comes here it comes let's see let's see ah it's my second stimmy check it's my second stimmy check there's a vote there's a (laughs) vote there for uh everything bad i've ever said about mlg i take it back i take it back (laughs) it only took uh what is that a check for 250 bucks that is my second 250 dollars check and i'm I'm due for one more okay uh no that's it it ends. That's all oh, you're going to get. You're just going to get 500 three. bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's your... <laughs> Sorry, Dow. Sorry, just oh. to that's, that's, uh, It maxed out right there within 100 days. They don't want to get it too close to the election because then it actually looks like they are buying votes, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. they are, but mm-hmm. um, there you go. Um, I think there was a certain uh, uh, economic development announcement today from a, a friend of ours in London uh, designed to help his friend in the governor's office too, which I, I have a little suspicion about that news today, yeah. I uh, anticipated that Nick Wright might, might uh, write about my quote that I gave to him, and uh, he did not. So I didn't see that in there. So, yeah, unless I'm in it, I guess I'm not going to write about it. That's how narcissistic I am, right? Is that, is that, is that the way that goes? We've all got a touch of the, of the narcissism. We all do. I'm only, I'm only kidding. I'll read that. Uh, I'm glad that that was the most click. Uh, today's show, we got the Rona, Ecomania. Nobody caring about the climate crisis outside of Moonbat World. As you can tell, Dowd wrote all this. Energy, things to come. Oh, boy. I don't know how much I want to talk about energy, uh, especially since it seems to be the newfangled word. A lot of libs are, you know, pushing that out there. You know, oh, I don't like your energy. Uh, cut welfare, increase crime. Data dumps uh, for our three. I like our third hour. Dowd's liking that as well, mm, which include vehicle sales. I want to see where you're at on that. Uh, he's comparing, uh, I got to see this. This is from The Federalist. I saw this this morning. I just passed it over making a comparison between Hunter Biden and Prince Andrew, and then uh, cruising to re-election in the 3rd Congressional District is uh, TFN. We'll talk about that as well as uh, Miss Cassie and Putin's revenge. Uh, Putin's girlfriend got uh, sanctioned by the United Aww. States government that happening this afternoon. Poor, poor thing. Uh, we already Aww. know what happened to his uh, opera girlfriend. Uh, that did not go well. Uh, D-Dowd Muscat will launch into uh, the stratosphere very quickly. Um, oh, I guess I am in Nick's article. There it is. Thanks. See, I didn't even look. I would. I. I was just kidding. I was only kidding. Uh, <laughs> Doubt. Uh, we're going into the stratosphere, aren't we? Uh, or are we? What are we doing with old Virgin Galactic? D. Doubt Muska. This well, is really something. Uh, they will stop at nothing to uh, run that that storefront. Uh, that. Uh, 
mirage, if you will, of news. That's all it is. It will never be something that is substantial. Take it away. Yeah, folks, a, uh, a, a business that you're a partner of, if you pay taxes in New Mexico, and if you listen to this program, odds are you do pay taxes. In fact, many of you pay probably a lot of taxes. Uh, announced today, Virgin Galactic, our, our, our business partner, they have, quote, secured land to move forward with a new astronaut campus and train facility in the state of New Mexico, close quote. Uh, can't <laughs> believe it. Uh, located in Sierra County. It's going to be home to a new first-of-its-kind astronaut campus, but they spend a lot of time, Eddie, talking about the nature of it. Um, it's going to focus on sustainability with minimal impact to the surrounding environment. The purpose-driven design of the project will embrace water conservation and reuse, eco-friendly materials, and low-carbon mobility as key considerations in the development of the site. Uh, they literally, this is the corporate press release I'm reading word for word from. This is Michelle Lujan Grisham being quoted in their corporate press release uh, from their website, virgingalactic.com. Mm -hmm. I'm thrilled to welcome the next chapter of Virgin Galactic's continued oh, yeah. investment in New Mexico. I didn't know there was a first chapter, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the new astronaut campus in Sierra County will spur further economic activity for New Mexico, blah, blah, blah. Eric Berger, uh, who used to write for the Houston Chronicle, uh, and he, he's one of the best space journalists out there, a little too pro-NASA for my take, but uh, he wrote a fascinating book last year, about the early years of SpaceX and what those crazy people did out in the middle of the Pacific. Uh, his tweet today is, here's this quarter's big announcement about a shiny new thing to coincide with Virgin Galactic's quarterly earnings report coming out on Thursday. Uh, Eric Berger uh, is about as mean as I am nice. So to get to get uh, uh, for him to throw shade at, at Branson is really something. I will throw out very quickly five quick statements, tweets responding to Mr. Berger. Virgin Galactic, are they still around? That's number one. Number two, all they did was buy some land. Not the most exciting as far they as space flight goes. Buy the land. Who <laughs> Secured said that? land. Secured land. Yes. Oh my God. They they're not even on the title of that. Secure. Secured Whatever. land. Yes. <laughs> uh, this, is my, this is my favorite. Number three. It angers me as a real estate guy. Uh, jumping over to Zillow real quick to see if Jeffrey Epstein's New Mexico ranch is still for sale. It is. Uh, you know, maybe maybe that's maybe that's what they secured. It's at, uh, uh, it's at four, <laughs> four tours is what I'm told. Oh, know somebody on the inside. Uh, and number four uh, is good. Oh, look, squirrel. Uh, squirrel. And finally, number five, poor Richard. Uh, folks, there is way less here than meets the eye. Uh, kind of a nothing burger. Of course, the press release ran in a journalistic form in the Albuquerque Journal. Uh, not Kevin uh, Robinson Avila, uh, wow. some, other, some other stenographer. Uh, sorry, folks. Uh, meanwhile, they just posted a picture of the people who are going up into space in a couple days, uh, two days from now. Uh, just over the state line in Texas, uh, new, new, new uh, Blue Origin in the New Shepard sending people actually to space while Virgin Galactic continues to talk about what they're going to do. Mm. There we go. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm glad we only had to spend three minutes on that. That's but, it. We're uh, out. Three minutes of our life we'll never get back, but uh, <laughs> they are willing to take you uh, as far as they possibly can on this lie. And there is uh, seemingly no repercussions for Michelle Lujan Grisham or the Democrats on this. Uh, I think Lonely Girl's on board. I think some of your favorite representatives, uh, Rebecca oh, Dow, I think time. she yeah. still big touter of uh, the... Uh, well, well, Eddie, let me just... One, one yeah. ten, 10 seconds comment. Yes, they, sir. Virgin, uh, Virgin Galactic just announced jobs in Mississippi, West Virginia, and Arizona. Don't Maybe some people were really throwing heat at MLG, and she needed an announcement from Virgin Galactic to you know, within a hundred days less to the election that she needed something to sort of cling to. I, I wouldn't put it past these people. They are really rotten human beings. Oh, there we go. All right. Uh, I don't know what else to say about that, but 
I do, uh, I do have some, some news for you. Bob Dylan back on this day in uh, 1962. His name was uh, Bob Zimmerman or Robert Zimmerman, and he had his name legally changed to uh, Bob Dylan uh, here on this day back in the day, and uh, he was looking for the man in him, and I think he found it. Glad to be here in the Kivas. We take you out. 417, back in three. Thanks for listening. Seven Club. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Jim Morrison in the Doors. Started a two-week run at number one on the U.S. Singles Chart with "Hello, I Love You," the group's second uh, U.S. number one. They also scored a top eight or eight top forty U.S. hits from '67 to '71. And then, uh, by the way, I love "L.A. Woman." I think that's uh, my Doors song. That's the song that that. What's your go-to? I don't know. That's my go-to. Like, uh, I was listening to some of these talk show hosts. Like, I don't know. What's your go-to on this? I'm like, really? We're we're going to adopt that language? And then my go-to? Like, let's let's just stop the stop the insanity. Uh, thank you, Nick Wilbur, for including me. Uh, they can use that for... Uh, this is how you know I'm not running for anything ever again. I think someone should destroy those statues. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk Radio. <laughs> 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 Tell us how you really feel, Mr. Aragon. <laughs> I think really? someone should destroy. Oh, uh, and I can guarantee I'll, someone destroys those statues and then I'll get sued for it. I <laughs> that's right, that's right. Inciting, like, oh, inciting. I'm like, well, who the heck am I? I mean, what, what, what you decided, I, just because I say something, all of a sudden you're going to like, we're going to say the First Amendment. He can't say certain. You can no longer say, you can no longer suggest the things uh, to people via his ideas. And then I'm like, okay, well, great. Then I want to go ahead and make sure that First Amendment speech is warranted for everybody, including public figures, right? At that point, I think I'd have a lawsuit against everybody. If you sued me for that, as I told you to do something, I'd be able to sue just about anybody for saying anything. Is that, that about right, Dowd? I think that yeah. would cover it. Oh. There we go. All right. Uh, on to our uh, uh, next uh, topic, uh, D. Dowd Muska. And, and Dowd has set up everything beautifully. But uh, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to jump into the wonderful world of Rona. Alex Berenson is probably the guy that both Dowd and I follow most now. It obviously used to be Dr. Yeadon. I think we used to talk to a lot about Malone. I'm going to shatter Malone and Rogan uh, together at the very same time. I think Malone is now controlled op. Um, I'll uh, tell people why a little bit later. But uh, Alex Berenson is at the front of all of this stuff. And, you know, reading these staggering numbers, as we alluded to them yesterday, Dowd, the Israeli doctors, the nurses, it's not just your kids under the age of five. It's like, well, 97% of the kids under the age of five don't have vaccines. Well, <clears throat> in Israel, where they're the most vaxxed and literally had a 90-plus percent compliance rate for doctors and nurses, this last jab, they, uh, they're like, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, no, no I'm, not, I'm not going there, Dowd. Uh, this is uh, not good, I think, uh, for the future sales pitch for farmers. 
week. I don't track their stock, but you know, anybody who's ushering out any of this crapola going forward, uh, no one's believing it. And you as a doctor, I think we're going to crawl into the area where doctors could potentially be liable for the things that they're prescribing because the news has be true. Dowd? Oh, sorry. You cut out first. Yeah, I'm glad you, you mentioned the Israeli thing, Eddie, because I think we very briefly touched on that yesterday. Uh, it's not so much of a deep dive, but I wanted to uh, explain when we were talking about the doctors and nurses not getting, I guess this would be their fourth injection. So fourth, it would be yeah. the regular course, the initial mm -hmm. booster. So this would be the right. second booster. They're declining. So uh, again, not some wacky conspiracy. This is a, uh, a web, uh, 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 an organization uh, called the Israeli Public Emergency Council for COVID-19 Crisis, an apolitical voluntary body uh, composed of senior Israeli healthcare professionals, MDs and PhDs. And, you know, we don't do this in New Mexico and a lot of parts of America, but they want a balanced, responsible and broad approach to the COVID-19 crisis. Their data show that at what's called the Saraski Medical Center. Now, what's the Saraski Medical Center? It's in Tel Aviv. It's, it's, it's this massive medical complex. It has four separate hospitals within this larger, you know, the equivalent of a national laboratory, you know, in healthcare in Tel Aviv. Uh, Israel, of course, known, known, one of the leading, you know, bioresearch and healthcare countries. I mean, just vast, vast resources. Uh, they have not, only 20% of the nurses and doctors at this facility, four separate hospitals in Tel Aviv, have taken the second booster, uh, a very, very, very steep drop. Uh, and uh, Alex Berenson talks a lot about uh, Israel. It's like a 500% reduction. It's crazy. Uh, and and the, the, the person who posted this is a really good pro-science guy in Germany. Uh, he calls it himself the no-trick zone. So that's where I got it from. Uh, so I just wanted to get to sort of drill down that a, a little bit before we get on to Alex. Alex has got three separate pieces in the last couple of days, all of which I think are just really important to just stay informed. And, I, and I'm with Eddie uh, on this issue, like Virgin Galactic. I mean, how much more needs to be said? I, I don't think we need to, we don't do all COVID all the time on this show. And I, and I, I, I can appreciate why people wouldn't want us to do that. Yeah, so uh, I'm just going to focus on a couple of Berenson pieces that I think really uh, <laughs> we, we should know about. He, he posted a really kind of brief, almost cryptic message saying uh, somebody leaked to him uh, that the pilots union at a major U.S. airline internally right. is reporting a 300% rise in long-term disability claims uh, among its members. And of course, nearly all of its members are vaccinated, probably boosted, maybe maybe double boosted. And so Alex puts out uh, this uh, call for if you work at a big employer or a union and have access to similar data, you know, drop me a line here at my, uh, at my email address. So um, I'm really down the road looking forward to if any of that can, can come out. So that's an issue of the workforce and then our own safety, the flying public. Another angle to this, which New Mexico has kind of flirted with, is not releasing the data. So British mm -hmm. Columbia, province of Canada, developed mm -hmm. nation. Uh, as Alex said, if you first you don't succeed, hide the numbers. On Thursday of last week, British Columbia stopped putting down... Uh, publishing the data in, in graphical form, a breakdown of hospitalizations and deaths by vaccine status. Uh, they had these little donuts with different colors, you know, little charts that show, uh, you know, vaxxed, non-vaxxed, vaxxed and boosted. Uh, they announced last week that that would be no more. As of July 28th, the outcomes by vax and vax donut charts have been retired, quote unquote, 
retired. They posted a notice on their website. Uh, and as Alex says, retired, that's, that's, Orwell... That's definitely hiding the numbers. Yeah, Orwell would be proud. Now, why were they... Uh, why were they... Why did they feel it was necessary to do this? Uh, let me see. Let's look at the actual... The last stats they had before they took it down. Let's see. What was it? Uh, I believe the deaths were 75% vaccinated with two doses... Uh, 15% vaccinated with one dose. So you had 90% of the deaths were from jabbed or double jabbed or triple jabbed. The data weren't trending in a way that the public health authorities in British Columbia wanted. And uh, they just, uh, they disappeared. Uh, Alex said the charts from earlier weeks also seem to have disappeared, uh, disappeared from the internet's, internet's Wayback Machine. Uh, and I use the Wayback Machine all the time. It's a, they're always going out and trolling the internet and taking screen captures of everything. So when things are changed later. It's cataloging, uh, it's, cataloging what has been, uh, let, let, let's branch off on that point just for a moment, Dowd, and let's go down sure. this, this other road, which I think probably dovetails pretty nicely with all that. So now that we're talking about the vax and its inefficacy against the uh, coronavirus, I think what we should talk about is the vaccine and what is it good for? War is what is it good for? What is the vaccine good for? Uh, what they are finding is a huge increase in the number of deaths for the people who are vaccinated. Uh, and this is, you know, really... Uh, startling here. Non-COVID deaths are up 5 to 10% week after week, month after month. Births also appear to be dropping. Australia, where seemingly everybody is vaxxed, and if not, you're thrown into jail, basically, if you're not vaxxed. Deaths rose 17% in the first four months of 2022. Roughly 7% of those extra deaths were from COVID and 10% from other causes. That other causes is the point to pay attention to. Because they are not attributing, and you're finding, you know, 22-year-old people who are exclaiming joy and dying of a heart attack, uh, and they were recently jabbed. Uh, a 5 to 10% increase, increase in deaths uh, overall. I mean, this is really something. So we have to attribute it to something. That doesn't just happen. 1 to 2%, uh, as you mentioned before, Dowd, maybe. But when you're getting to the 5 to 10% uh, uh, movements in the number of people who are dying and you're not making it non-attributable, because remember, there's no liability whatsoever for these companies that are uh, pushing the vaccination and the government isn't going to attribute it to a vaccination death. Um, it'll be everything else, including myocarditis and uh, even the, the inexplicable, the complications of with diabetes and various other things. This is how it's all being explained away. So if you're jabbed, you're going to have some level of complications. And those are the people of just 5 to 10% increase in deaths. Can you imagine the 5 to 10% increase in other complications? I would imagine it'd be significantly more than that doubt. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, again, how are we going to get data and facts and knowledge to get to the accountability? We've got to get the right data, then we've got to hold the people accountable. Uh, what Berenson says is we're not going to, uh, be, be, because these uh so-called, well, let's say mRNA injections, let's call them. We can all agree on that as a definition. Uh, more than 200 million Americans and more than a billion people uh, have taken these injections. Questions, uh, put aside questions of effectiveness. What about safety long terms? Uh, long term, under normal circumstances, we would have robust clinical trial data to help answer that question. We would have two groups of thousands or tens of thousands of people who have been carefully matched and randomly chosen to receive either the vaccine or the, or the sugar pill we can't do that for these vaccines. Why? And, and this is where Alex, I think some of his most best work recently. In early 2020, just a few months after the big clinical trial started, 
early 2020, Pfizer and Moderna offered their shots to the people in the placebo arms of the trials, those who had initially received saline instead of mRNA, and almost all of those people agreed to get the jab. That move essentially ended the clinical trials because it meant the companies and the regulators didn't have a clean comparison group anymore. Everyone in the trial had received the vaccine. Regulators permitted this on the theory that the vaccines had already been proven safe, that long-term problems were very unlikely, uh, as they are with older and conventional vaccines. Thus, no one needed to collect long-term data comparing those two groups. Denying the placebo trialists access to the shots would be unethical in Fauci world. Nice theory, it ignored a couple of facts. The mRNA injections worked in a completely different way than other vaccines. They'd shown evidence of a toxicity with repeated use, and they had never been used before in humans outside of a very small handful of clinical trials. Blowing up the trials was the regulatory equivalent of deciding we didn't need long-term studies on statins because we'd already had them on beta blockers, and those are both heart medicine heart medicines. It was a shockingly bad decision, and its cost has arisen every day. Uh, Berenson from day one, Eddie, has been doing immaculate, uh, commendable work uh, on this farce, this Fauci farce that we've been living in for two and a half years. Uh, all the links to this stuff, folks, will be in the show notes tonight. And I think it should be uh, made clear that we should be patting our own selves uh, on the back. I mean, uh, the vaccine data has been disappearing. And while it's disappearing, we've been staying on the story. Yeah, we aren't pounding it any longer because we accept our audience uh, has also accepted not to take the jab. And they don't need to hear it any longer. I think that that's uh, something that should uh, almost goes without saying. But that pilot's thing with the long-term disability claims are absolutely soaring. And, and that's certainly going to impact the airline industry. But I think to a more important point, just that as a reflection of people who have to be in tip top shape, who have to be healthy, who face, who physically get tested all the time and yet are putting in for long term disability. I think that is disturbing. And, you know, where this all starts when your physicians, including your nurses and your doctors, excuse me, your nurse. Yeah, your nurses and your doctors. Sorry, I thought I was being redundant. Uh, these People who are administering the jab in the most jab place in the entire world, which is Israel, are choosing not to do so. The writing is on the wall. Take each of those links tomorrow that you get in the Rock of Talk chat. Share them with people. Share the knowledge. Spread it around. There's lots of people dealing with lots and lots of uncertainty, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, why not give the gift of knowledge by sharing the info that we have? It's data-driven. No, no longer need to follow the science uh, folks all you have to do is gather the data and we've done that for you 434 back in three
Yeah, it was a super freak. Rick James, bitch. Yep, Rick James. Uh, back on this day in 1991. I've never even heard of these uh, type of uh, charges being filed against anybody before D-Dud Muska. But funk singer Rick James, bitch, arrested on sexual torture charges, uh, D-Dud Muska. That's, I don't know what sexual, what's sexual torture? What is that? I mean, it, talk about the super freak. There it is, 1991. Uh, did he die of a drug overdose? I feel like he he may have. Cocaine's or... a hell of a drug. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I love the uh, Dave Chappelle. He went on and on and on doing the uh, the Rick James skit. I'm not sure how many people have actually seen that, but we lost um, him in 2004. 2004. Wow. Yep. He made it 13 years after his sexual torture stuff. I think that was also pre Blue Pill. Could you imagine Rick James at this time? I mean, the man would still be going how old how young was uh, young uh, uh he was a mere 56 years old which wow, doesn't young. sound so old to me anymore um mm. autopsy found alprazolam oh. diazepam bupropion mm. citalopram hydrocodone digoxin chlorephenyramine <laughs> methamphetamine and cocaine was he hanging out at the Veterans Hospital? Or what's going on? He was on more of a pharmacy was... than Anna Nicole. I mean, that's whoa. My, my, whoa. Hey, oh, wow. Yeah, that is, yeah, that is uh, no bueno, as uh, as they say. But uh, Rick James dead at 56. But sexual torture charges on this day back in uh, 1991. Murder Mike is texting me. I, I better go to that. Investigating. APD is now <coughs> uh, investigating a fatal shooting. They left one man dead in Southeast Albuquerque Monday evening. Officials say officers were called to Cornell Drive Southeast, University Heights area around 923. Upon arrival, police found a dead male. Dead male. Uh, the post-APD man found dead in Southeast Albuquerque appeared first on KK or KOB. Excuse me, not KKOB. So, uh, Hot Sauce checks in. Has a lawsuit uh, against the CFO of Virgin Galactic file gone anywhere? Not the CFO. You mean Shamath Palapatia. That's the one you're looking at. Uh, <laughs> Uh, to this day, there's uh, multiple lawsuits. There's a lot of that. Yes, you are in Nick's article. He has quoted you. Um, one of our good friends here at the radio station that also wanted to stop in. I had some other people that wanted to stop in uh, as well. I appreciate uh, them uh, doing so. Uh, as always, we welcome visitors uh, when I can accommodate them. But it was a very, very busy afternoon with uh, everybody uh, who was here. 550 500. That's 550 500. Let's uh, move on to Ecomania, D-Dowd Muska, the uh, Moonbat world. I know that uh, there's um, transgender access to abortion mania. We know that, that, that type of Moonbat mania. But the climatologists, boy, they're really trying to drive it forth. Uh, Manchin trying to scoop up what he can to the left. He's stealing the ball and running with it uh, on this, getting a little bit of notoriety. Uh, we should definitely cover the primaries uh, at some point today. I will sort of pepper those in, but... Uh, Dow's got the latest uh, on the egomania mania with uh, uh, several places, including the Federalist, Santa Fe, NM.gov, and CABQ. Uh, they did have their meeting last night. The vote has now been delayed until, well, they accelerated, I should say. They're trying to get Brooke Besson off the hook and five different counselors, including uh, Judy Jones herself, after voting for it. And there has been one application been put in for a homeless uh, camp up on, uh, I think, the old Vulcan Industries. Uh, yeah, they, that's where they want to go ahead and house 50 people. So they're accelerating these camps uh, wherever they, they, they can get the applications for it. I think you file for a 501c3 or something along those lines. But, hey, we've got more important fish to fry. We've got to save the earth. Uh, if you're 
clamoring in a in, in an air conditioned car that no longer has the air conditioner because you're trying to save the mother earth then you're helping things folks just remember you are not part of the moon bat world you're doing your part and i only wish that i was doing mine no not really dad what do you got well, uh, next hour, folks, we're going to look at what signs of things to come. We all may be living in camps uh, if the moon bats get their way when it comes to the price of electricity and energy in general. Some really disturbing things coming out of Europe and Australia uh, in, in the next hour. But let's just focus on feelings. Nothing more than feelings. Uh, in Corrales, in Taos, in Cambridge, in Madison, in Berkeley, they really mm. care about climate change. Uh, nationally, not so much. Uh, recent New York Times Siena College mm. Research what? Institute poll found that 1% of participants. Oh, stop. 1% everybody said that cares. Climate change is the most important problem facing the country. Uh, 20% said the economy, and 15% said that inflation and the cost of living, which of course are basically economic issues, uh, were their greatest concern. So uh, 1% nationally. And Eddie, within about, I don't know, maybe 24 to 30 hours, three uh, propaganda pieces out of our uh, taxpayer-funded government entities came out that I thought really dovetail very nicely with this uh, this announcement that no one in America except people in Corrales and Taos care about climate change. Um, the mayor... We, we bash Keller a lot, but I think one of our one of the flaws of our programs is we don't bash other mayors enough uh, in New mm. Mexico. We, we did a yeah, good job bashing uh, Alan Weber last last week, and I'm gonna mm -hmm. I'm gonna start all over again. Uh, the mayor's love. message uh, yesterday uh, was all about uh, uh, Mother Nature is demanding our attention now. We need to take care of each other, and we need to take care of Mother Earth. Mm -hmm. Climate change isn't an abstraction. No. It isn't a political debate. It's some. It isn't something that will wait. Climate change is real and present and immediate, living as close as nature to nature as we do in a gorgeous and fragile high mountain environment. But we see the actual impacts of climate change right now, today. What are our next steps? First and foremost, we come together as a community. Jurisdictional boundaries between the city and the county, between Santa Fe County and the other communities of northern New Mexico mean less and less as climate change challenges us more and more. Fire and rain don't respect political boundaries. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. Uh, I will not plague you with any more of this uh, insane uh, message from him. Uh, he, he lectures us on the first les lesson of ecology. Mm. Uh, the second well, what lesson. Is, what, what is the first ecology. lesson of ecology? Uh, the what first is lesson is everything is related to everything else. Oh, okay. Yep. We're all united. Uh, all the colors bleed into one. Got it. So Got he's it. just he's just cut and pasting from you know eco greeny stuff. Uh, the mm. second lesson is uh, the time to fix the roof is before it rains. Okay. Maybe we should have developed a private sector economy in New Mexico before uh, the economy fell apart. Uh, third lesson is Mother Nature always bats last. What? Uh, what is that? Wait, wait, wait. We're, we're what sports, sports analogy? <laughs> with, are you are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> oh the sales pitch. It's just so it's all the time. Well, we do know that uh one Alex Bregman, son of Sam Bregman, has taken paternity leave. So, you know, there it is. Uh, to, the moon bat uh, world has crossed over because we need more paternity leave. Mm. Anyway, mm. Uh, not, not to digress from you, Dad. Well, I mean, this whole point of this uh, screed was to tout his sustainable Santa Fe plan with a help helpful little link you can read mm. to all the things they're going to do. Um, I click here Mr. and donate. Is there a click here and donate? Did, did, did <laughs> you leave that out? I'm still like, if you're a working person, you're already donating to that plan. Um, <laughs> well, but remember this back in the day. Now, this is a, this commercial is as old as you. I'm not sure if you remember this. This was 1970. 
Oh, heroic. A man in a canoe, just trying to keep America beautiful. Down the rivers, through the industrialization. Wow. Heroism. And all it took is a man picking up litter on the shores. Some people have a deep abiding respect for the natural beauty that was once this country. Uh, and some people don't. Ah, uh, they threw it at his pocket. Pollution. People can stop it. Write for Pollution Booklet, Box 1771, Radio City Station, New York. Holy you. Yeah, very, very powerful. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, not to think that the moon bats are too off uh, the <coughs> reservation here, uh, Iron Eyes Cody, uh, who is uh, the main feature of that, uh, all of 95 years young when he passed away, uh, wasn't Native American, I nope. doubt. I think it's, Italian, right? He is Italian. Yes, he is. Not only was he Italian, uh, but he had zero Native American blood in him. So uh, he was a full. He was full Sicilian. After his death, it was revealed that he was of Sicilian parentage and not Native American at all. But uh, hey, believe your government and the PSAs uh, that they roll out, and all the public service announcements that even your elected officials will roll out, even in Santa Fe. I'll just repeat my line: Rich white lefty liberals treat Native people, Indigenous people, First Nation people as pets. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just the mere fact that he has Native American heritage means he's pedal- he's he's rowing around in a cr- in a canoe and he has deep respect for the land. I- is it possible in the Moonbat mind that a young man is raised in a he's full blooded Indian? He's raised on a reservation of Pueblo and he decides, you know what? I'm going to be a, a coder in Silicon Valley. I'm going to go out there. Uh, I don't care about the environment. I'm just going to party. I'm going to do a lot of Molly and cocaine and just live my life. Uh, and I'm not going to fit into this little box that you want me to fit into. It is, Eddie, it is the most condescending. We talk about the, the, what is mm. the, soft, the soft bigotry of low expectations for black and Hispanic groups. I think the soft bigotry of how Native American uh, groups are in this, in this country oh. is unbelievable. You can't have your own identity. That is sick, sick stuff. Uh, and speaking of sick stuff, let's move on to Michael Bloomberg. Oh. Um, and let's move on to Tim Keller, because if Santa Fe's sustainable plan wasn't enough, Albuquerque came out just a couple of days ago. They have completed the Michael Bloomberg Philanthropies American City Climate Challenge, ACCC. Oh. Okay. Wow. ACCC. Is there a medal for that, a trophy? Do they hand out uh, first place to somebody? We, we met our six goals. Uh, all, you've got to meet all six goals. Uh, the effort was launched in January 2019. It's provided Albuquerque powerful new resources and access to cutting-edge support to help or beat its goals of achieving a net zero electricity uh, consumption. Our city sustainability officer is very proud of this. Kelsey Raider. Kelsey, uh, of course. That, that's Raiding your, your wallet, I would say. All right, so what are the six goals? Uh, completion of a solar direct 50 megawatt solar field that will help the city achieve more than 80% renewable energy. Ooh, uh, implemented a zero emissions vehicle first policy for all city Fleet vehicles, okay, so we're helping Elon Musk, who's already the world's richest man, uh, constructed 20 publicly accessible electric vehicle charging stations. So rich people who buy EVs EVs. get the power for free while you pay struggling person at the minimum Mm. wage. Uh, uh, The city has developed a scope 
for energy performance contracting to perform deep energy efficiency retrofits and retro commissioning municipal facilities. Wow. Whatever that means. That sounds more expensive than the actual uh, cost savings and earth savings. Well, the vaguer the better so that you can just, you know, uh, launch the mayor's energy challenge to help small and medium businesses reduce their energy consumption while saving money. Well, the best way of doing t-shirt if I participate in that. Well, the best way to reduce uh, small businesses' energy consumption is to put them out of business and they don't consume any energy. So, you know, uh, and then finally, uh, supporting the development of the New Mexico Community Solar Act. So uh, Michael Bloomberg is in love with Tim Keller and Kelsey Rader. We're we're hitting our marks again, while 1% of America thinks uh, climate change is a crisis. And finally, I don't bash Hector enough. Let's get let's do some Hector bashing. Wow. Um, Hector, Attorney General Hector Balderas has joined eight state and territorial attorneys general in order to whine to the EPA, uh, encouraging the EPA to consider establishing uh, ambient air quality standards for greenhouse gases to address the climate crisis. Now, the letter they wrote follows in the wake of the Supreme Court decision uh, limiting the EPA, uh, its ability to reduce greenhouse gas emissions from existing power plants. Uh, If the EPA were to adopt uh, the national air quality standards for greenhouse gases, all 50 states would be required to develop a comprehensive climate action plan. According to Hector, climate change is real and it is affecting our lives and inaction is no longer an option. It is clear that we need an alternate climate change strategy. So here it is, folks. You've got the mayor of the biggest city in the state. You've got the mayor of the state capital. And you have the attorney general devoting more and more resources to an issue that pretty much no one in America places on the list of their high priorities. I dare say that 1% is probably more or less true in New Mexico as well. Do they seem to be out of touch to you? Because they seem to be wildly out of touch to me. Well, I can't believe uh, this is even on the radar, given all the wonderful things that are happening in the world. I mean, uh, Nancy Pelosi is literally in Taiwan starting World War III, uh, kicking the shins of not just uh, the Chinese, but also the Soviets. Uh, By the way, is she in Taiwan? Because uh, Taiwan is now the, they literally recycle everything, the most efficient place. Uh, Not one thing has been brought up about Taiwan's amazing uh, resiliency uh, for the new climate uh, change uh, benefits. There's been a lot of things that they have done, but none of that is spoken about whatsoever. Uh, they're simply talking about what they're doing to stand next to their partners uh, in Taiwan. Uh, when it comes to the climate change, whatever mayor happens to be running on this stuff, uh, this is uh, definitely connect to the leftist uh, and uh, definitely the progressives of the Democrat Party. And uh, I think amongst all the cities that I looked at of the 25 cities, 22 of them were uh, blue city mayors, Uh, the mayor of Dallas, uh, for example. I think I only found three in the entire Southwest. I think Tulsa, Oklahoma happened to be one. I mean, even the mayor of Phoenix, Arizona, the mayor of Salt Lake City, they're Democrats, they're talking about this crap. So uh, Dowd, uh, I think you have a large target area to hit uh, on all these people. And they're all gonna be adopting these ridiculous uh, climate change ambitions. Uh, You can find yours at Climate Action Plan at cabq.gov slash sustainability. They've got everything right there. And uh, you know what's really amazing? And I'll say this from a commercial real estate uh, standpoint is why is anybody even committed to doing LEED certified buildings at this point? Molina Healthcare uh, just decided to go ahead and tell all 700 of their employees this morning, today, today, the largest commercial real estate deal in all of downtown is 
You guessed it, Molina Healthcare. What did Molina Healthcare decide to do? Not renew its lease. And in addition to that, vacate the old uh, Mountain Bell building for those of you who don't know what that is. And uh, they are not going to need that anymore. So you can lead it all you want, but uh, nothing is more energy efficient than keeping your workers at home, paying them while they're at home and having them uh, take casework uh, at home. So that's also something that, that that is happening. So how is that even part of any sort of achievable uh, um, uh, uh, ambition for the city of Albuquerque, their climate action task force, their members, 33,000 Burqueños, policy advisors, really, really, really important people. They're all seemingly wasting their time. And uh, doubt, as you pointed out, we're all their pets. We're all their test pilots. Uh, we're all <laughs> yes, just yes. people who are part of what they're Certainly doing. Certainly when it comes to, to climate policy, absolutely. The, the question that the presidential candidate always wins when they do the poll, which candidate cares about people like me? The more they emphasize this climate nonsense, the more they are going to hurt their long-term prospects at the ballot box. Maybe not in New Mexico, but certainly nationally. Yeah, I, there's just not enough red city mayors. Uh, there's just not enough red cities in general. Most cities, um, just by their very classifications, just uh, how you classify urban and or suburban voters and urban voters. You know, urban uh, have a tendency to be my more minority, uh, definitely more woke. Uh, and you can't rebuild any of these cities. This is why so many of them are becoming so decrepit. I think the only even the blue city, even the red cities that are sensibly red, like Dallas, is anything but red because all of the Republicans live outside, and there's a lot more Republicans outside of that city. Uh, than there is uh, the Republicans that are in the inner, inner cities uh, there. Back after the top of the hour news, we got more to get to here. He, Dowd, Muska, and I. Hour two coming at you here from the ABQ. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in on AM 1600 KIV, com. Little porno for pyros. And, yes, we do make good pets. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. I am Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. I'm on 1600 KIV, ABQ.FM, Rock of Talk. Here from the ABQ. Yeah, I guess Tiger Woods doesn't like money. I like the hypocrisy angle there for Greg Norman. I think that that's also. You know, pretty important uh, to the hypocrisy of 27 different companies who all do business with Saudi Arabia. And they're all sponsors of the PGA. And so, yeah, I think the PGA should uh, go bust. They, of all people, they and I know a lot about golf, but of all people that they decided to go with in the PGA Tour to uh, go ahead and clear uh, the European Cup because they go to the Ryder Cup next year in about 14 months, I think is what it is. So it's going to be uh, October of 2023. Well, they'll do it in Rome. 
They pick Luke Donald. Luke Donald. I don't even think he's in the top 1,000. He's just a recognizable name because everybody has pretty much picked up and left, ladies and gentlemen. They have absolutely left, uh, I think, uh, the PGA, and uh, these guys should be able to pursue as much money as they want. So uh, you shouldn't uh, pretend uh, that you can uh, deliver more. you got guys like Bubba Watson and all sorts of good players. Phil Mickelson, I mean, I know that he's barely in the top 300, but you also got, uh, I don't know, a good portion of recognizable names of guys who have won big PGA Tour events. They've all been lured and brought in, and, you know, they're living life. And where are they doing it? They're doing it at Trump, Trump's golf courses. Bedminster uh, happened to be the place for last week's uh, uh, Invitational, and I think uh, Clay Travis was on there, uh, which was uh, pretty cool. I'm getting a uh, text here from, uh, <laughs> this is funny, from um, the campaign manager for Jeremy Gay. All of a sudden, uh, Jeremy needs to raise some money. So you might want to rethink going to that party. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. Hopefully that he decides to do that so he can go pick up some some checks. And uh, that's certainly uh, more important, especially after I uh, <clears throat> put out to strategic people the uh, audio of last year's Taylor Locker, Locker extravaganza that we had. And we celebrated the one-year anniversary uh, of that. D-Dowd Muska. In here for hour two, he set up the show today, ladies and gentlemen, and did a great job, job doing so. And uh, we're going to talk about how you were not having any more kids. I think we're going to pick it up from there. Uh, and uh, NPR shouldn't be too, too worried about this. Uh, many liberals are opting to design their lives and later on adopt children so they don't have to go through the pain of uh, having children. And uh, that by that, I mean, uh, you know, picking up projects and feeling like they're giving back something. Uh, but you also have the very same people who are saying adoption is not abortion <laughs> as if then they are justified in their pursuit uh, for abortion. Dowd has uh, all the uh, work on that. Uh, we'll also follow that up with welfare uh, increased crime. Oh, that takes us right back to uh, Freakonomics, the great uh, 1973 piece that um, that was made by uh, Stephen. I can't think of the guy's last name, but I read the book uh, where he makes uh, the point about you know, why crime declined in the early 90s. And then, you know, you come in, these people were coming of age at the ages of 16 to 21. Young black men, well, what were they going after? What were they aborting? And then we'll do our data dump to kick off uh, hour uh, three as well. Dowd, how are you? Oh, there we are. We got Dowd. Yes. Tank, uh, people enjoyed it. And uh, we've got more to come on a Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh. Only Tuesday, Doubt. Yeah, no, no hump days tomorrow. The camel will make uh, rear his uh, ugly head. Although I do think that uh, camels are awfully pretty. Uh, they do have large, long eyelashes. Uh, Doubt. Uh, let, let's kick it off with energy and uh, the Aussie power prices that are going uh, through the roof down under. Yeah, folks. Uh, I, I guess I would file this under potential preview of things to come. I don't want to be a, a demagogue, but uh, we're starting to see. Uh, the possibility of rolling blackouts are certainly not getting, not paying any less for our energy here uh, in the United States. And uh, a bunch of uh, stories are emerging out of, these are not third world countries. These are developed countries, places like Germany and Australia and Spain. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. In Australia, electricity prices have risen to their highest on record. This is according to some, some Aussie media over there. Uh, in a report last week, the Australian energy market operator said wholesale power costs, which are going to make their way to consumers, you, you can only hide the costs for so much, uh, soared in, uh, in uh, the last few months. Average prices for the quarter, that would be the second quarter of this year, 
we're $264 per megawatt hour. That's more than triple the $85 per megawatt hour reported during the same period uh, in 2021. Uh, they claim that uh, the impacts in local fuel markets of extremely high international prices for traded gas and thermal coal are to blame. Uh, there's Yes, there's a lot of moving parts to this, but uh, the insane campaign against Putin, uh, the embrace of all sorts of green nonsense, you know, that is, the, the in my view, the bulk uh, of what's going on here, the attempt to destroy the coal industry, which uh, New Mexico has been a, a leader in, in trying to destroy the, the coal industry. What really stood out for me, this was a couple of days ago in Australia, but yesterday, and I think I, I might have put, yeah, we had this in the AP report, uh, the wire service report in the Daily Blast today. Uh, as an AC lover, uh, I adore air conditioning. I don't care how much money I have to spend. I will, uh, I, will, I, will I will, stop buying other things if it means I can keep my AC. Wow. In Spain, which I believe is a developed country in yes. Europe, uh, a developed continent, Spanish offices, stores, and hospitality venues will no longer be allowed. We're not talking encouraged. Uh, we're not talking nudged or finger wagged. We're talking they will no longer be allowed to set their cooling systems below 81 degrees Fahrenheit That's in summer. That's 81. insane. 81. Uh, I could I could I could shoot the camera out that way and you could see what I have my temperature set. It's a little lower than 81. Uh, not uh, in summer, nor raise heating uh, in the winter uh, above 19 degrees Celsius. I got to check out what that is because I, I always have a hard conversion. Uh, my sister is always telling me, you know, oh, it's 20 degrees over here. It's so warm. Degrees. It's 66.2 degrees. Okay. You cannot raise your heating above 66 in the winter until a new set That's of energy stupid. saving. Yeah, uh, under measures regulations passed yesterday. Okay, get this. Shops will be obliged to keep their doors closed and heating systems must be checked more often to increase efficiency under the new regulations. The measures include switching off store window lights after oh 10 p.m. The government passed the bill as part of a bid to reduce the country's gas consumption by 7% in line with the recent European Union energy agreements to limit, you guessed it, dependency on Russian gas. Whew. So you're going to freeze your ass off in the winter. You're going to be too damn hot in the summer. Um, folks, let, let me say one other thing. The climate of Spain is just like the climate of New Mexico and roughly about the same size, uh, by the way, I think our state. Southern Europe, swarm. Yeah, it's, 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 it gets sweltering. Uh, they actually have a bit more humidity than we do by about 15, 20% uh, and all that. So 66 uh, degrees in the winter, you can't increase it above that. That's insane. And you can't below go below 81. I can tell you, this is going to cut into their tourism, but if the reason for the justification is to, uh, you know, decrease their... Uh, dependency on on Russian, uh, would you say natural gas? I, yep. I guess is what they would be putting out to for to increase their energy. Makes absolutely no sense uh, whatsoever. I don't know how much of their own uh, energy they actually consume of their own, but there'd be much better ways to to go about it. I gotta imagine that the people are going to be uprising. Not to mention their breeding rates, uh, their their birth, which we'll get to in our next segment, have got to be lowered uh, by people who are feeling uncomfortable. Uh, so that's that's not going to go well either. Well, and of course, one of the ways that uh, they can get off Russian gas is to buy American liquefied natural gas. And what are our friends in America, our green friends? They're trying to shut down fracking, which produces uh, enormous amounts of natural gas. So, so, so that's great. Okay, we looked so at uh, gas. We create heat, which powers a turbine. The rotation of the turbine spins the generators, which creates the electricity. So, 
now that that's straightened out in everybody's uh, head, uh, that's essentially what they're doing. I'll have the dependency numbers on Spain shortly. Continue, Doug. Yeah, uh, so we looked at what we started in Australia, the Aussies, uh, the wonderful country that gave us Elle McPherson. Uh, We went over to uh, Spain, where my uh, nephew is traveling right now for three weeks uh, on a... uh, on a journey, uh, Portugal and Spain. All right, we're going to proceed. I'm going to, our final country on this world tour of crazy energy policy that might be arriving in America and New Mexico is Germany. Now, Germany, uh, I'm very disappointed in Germany. I mean, Germany has always been heavy industry. They produce cars, they produce coal, they produce steel. Uh, the, the, tr- the tradition of uh, manufacturing and, and, and chemical development, petrochemicals in Germany goes way, way back. Uh, I know Germans have done some bad things in history, but there's a lot to admire about the German nation as well. You know, really serious, hardworking uh, engineers and scientists and, and such. You can't Germany, blame the entire country for one man. That's right. Of course not. Yeah. Uh, Germany is having its own problems. Of course, Russia is announcing that it's going to cut some of the flow uh, from the Nord Stream pipeline. Germany is rapidly realizing that its energy jig is up. Uh, this is from the wonderful website. What's up with that? A great anti-climate nonsense What's website. Um, the, this is from the Guardian. They're just quoting the Guardian, a British commie paper. Cities in Germany are switching off spotlights on public monuments. Boy, sounds like the Spanish. Turning off fountains and imposing cold showers on municipal swimming pools and sports halls as the country races to reduce its energy consumption in the face of a looming Russian gas crisis. Uh, don't forget, in Germany, they've also been closing down nuclear plants and coal plants. So you can't, don't go all Biden, Germany, and blame everything on Vladimir Putin. You know, I'm not a big Putin fan, but the guy is not responsible for every problem on planet Earth. Uh, meanwhile, in Germany, this was uh, uh, in June, uh, two months ago, adopted an emergency uh, energy emergency plan. They're a first world nation, one of the most innovative uh, and developed countries on earth. They're adopting an energy emergency plan that involves jacking up consumer prices to force less usage. Uh, This is the quote from the piece. An energy emergency plan initiated in June enables utility firms to pass on high gas prices to to consumers. So uh, again, you'll be paying out of pocket, uh, Germans. On Thursday, Germany's government government confirmed that a planned gas surcharge on customers could be much higher much higher than previously expected to save energy companies from going bankrupt in the coming months. I, I thought so, we could what just. Is it, what is this from, Dad? What is, this is the what? Uh, this is from the. Uh, this is from the Guardian, uh, a British paper reporting on what's happening in Germany, um, and uh, it, it's remarkable because the Guardian is a commie paper, and you'd think they'd be trying to cover up for green power and all that sort of stuff. They're actually reporting some some facts here, but the fact that the rates are going to be passed on to consumers. I thought corporations should be paying all of our taxes and eating up all the costs of inflation. I, I, I guess I don't understand economics very well, but as disturbing as all of that is, very, very disturbing. Here's what I, I'm just stunned by this. This is a report, a couple of blogs, newspapers have been reporting on this. Cities across Germany, stay, staying in the, their, their, their fatherland, are planning to use sports arenas and exhibition halls as, quote, warm-up spaces close quote, this winter to help freezing citizens who are unable to afford skyrocketing energy costs. The Bild newspaper, Bild, uh, I've, I've, I've heard of it, so I think it's a, a big paper over there, reveals how the nation's Cities and Municipalities Association has urged local authorities to set aside public spaces to help vulnerable citizens in the colder months. Uh, according to the city mayor of Ludwigshafen, 
Uh, we are currently preparing for all emergency scenarios for autumn and winter. Uh, Germany, of course, has seen its gas supply from Russia significantly restricted. But again, they don't mention, frequently don't mention the role that uh, closing down coal plants and nuclear plants have played. Well, so there's no way, that, there's no way to directly uh, relate that for them because they're very simpletons, uh, as you know. Yes. All right, let's go back to the actual points uh, here. Uh, the sports hall's idea is completely stupid. Let's not forget. I mean, those are cavernous uh, areas uh, where people would have to huddle for either heat or coolness um, because uh, they're very, they're horribly inefficient. Uh, as you know, you can never change the uh, overall climate. Heat rises, cold goes to the bottom. Uh, they're very isolated areas and in a big area, uh, dome, etc. Not going to work. But I think this uh, sort of introduces the idea what Joe Manchin is on board with. Uh, because this is, I think, where we're going. I started reading more and more of this plan. I'm like, this is all about surcharges for usage, right? Pay as you go and then pay more as you go, which is what PM is all about. Caps on how much you can use, right? So then you can't exceed a certain rate. Um, they'll literally stop you or they'll charge an exorbitant amount of which you, you wouldn't want to use anymore anyhow because it would be cost prohibitive. Um, and then penalties. All the while, you are penalties if you if you violate either one, like surcharges or the caps. You get penalties. All the while, get this, folks. This is a fool's game. While you are subsidizing the build out for this, what type of business is this? Can I sign up? This is the business I need to own. I need to be the next P and M. I need to start selling. Because if I can run my game with the government, have them subsidize it by saying crying uh, poverty all the time and then saying I'm doing it for the earth. My gosh, this is an absolute cluster. This is um, what do they call it? Uh, whenever it, it, it's one of those, uh, you know, uh, sort of monopoly games. Uh, th this is one of those situations where they just are going to continue to print money at your expense and they own you because Energy is something that you will need for everything else. So, again, surcharges, caps, and penalties, all the while you are subsidizing, and then your options are inefficient places where you'll never get hot and you'll never get cold, and uh, you'll never be, it'll never be just right. Uh, so there you go. Wow, this, this is something, Doug. Yeah, and uh, final point about Germany, and we're doing this in New Mexico, and I, I love this 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 take that Mr. Watts, W-A-T-T-S, Anthony Watts, a great global climate change debunker, Wait a minute. After more than a decade of a crash program to build wind turbines and solar panels, doesn't Germany have way more energy than it could ever use? You'd think so. Okay, according to uh, the U.S. Uh, energy uh, geeks, who, who are pretty trustworthy, uh, Germany uses average usage is about 57 gigawatts uh, of, of electricity. Its peak usage is about 100 gigawatts. So if it had dispatchable generation resources, fossil fuel, nuclear, hydro, of about 120 gigawatts, at its peak, Germany should have a 20% margin and plenty of electricity. Instead, Germany has uh, vastly uh, more generation capacity, 248 gigawatts. Of that, 54 gigawatts is solar, 62 is wind, a total of 116 gigawatts between the, these those two, meaning more than its entire peak usage, more than double its average usage in solar and wind alone. What's the problem? Well, the problem is you can't count on this when you need it. The small amount of nuclear, they only have eight gigawatts left in, in Germany, is on the way out. They can't get rid of the natural gas they need as a backup, but of course they're at the mercy of Russia and they've banned fracking in their own country and many other countries in Western Europe have banned, banned fracking, fracking as well. So the resources they do have 
they can't develop. This is shooting yourself, not in the foot, in the head. And folks, we're following maybe not precisely this playbook, but very close to this playbook. Let's not go too far down the road here, folks, uh, with you making that investment in the cars, the electric cars, Um, not to mention the cost of uh, manufacturing, the amount of money that you're going to have to take to go ahead and buy them. We haven't even got to the part where we have made a comparison. Like we're so stupid as a society that nobody is actually able to calculate while you're sitting there counting how many dollars and hundreds of dollars and thousands of dollars that you're spending a year to fuel that vehicle that you have, uh, the uh, gas guzzling vehicle that you have, right? They've told you to call it that so you can opt for something that's more efficient, something that's more, you have yet to compare the cost of energy, right? That you're going to go ahead and need to power that, that vehicle to the amount of money it's going to take to go ahead and gas up that car. So before you decide to uh, dispense with that and go buy a Nissan Leaf or uh, um, uh, a Tesla, I saw a Tesla keyed and uh, someone threw a bunch of paint over it. I can only think that the man who was driving the, the douchebag that was uh, driving the uh, Tesla cheated on his wife. That must have been what happened to him. That's what uh, the only thing I could surmise on. He parked out here in the parking lot uh, right by the radio station. I'm like, look at that, kids. What do you think happened? <laughs> it was a very domestic uh, dispute. <laughs> domestic dispute, most definitely. So he thought he was the cool. Like he, he, that's where we've gotten the cool car is now the. The Tesla. Look at uh, the apples not falling uh, falling too far from the tree. Look at the type of life that uh, Elon Musk uh, has led. This is very interesting. So we're going to see how this plays out. But some good reporting uh, from around the world, uh, Australia, uh, Germany, and Spain. And uh, let's not forget uh, where we are doing our Energy Transition Act deal out of. That would be out of where, Dowd? (laughs) Spain. That yep. is it. Uh, people need to people need to remember that. Uh, back after a quick break uh, here in the Kiva on AM sixteen hundred FM, rockoftalk.com. When we return, uh, what's up next out? I know we uh, lined it up. Oh, uh, you know, Eddie, I, I, this is an interesting, uh, I'll, I'll let you walk point on this because you're a breeder and I'm not a breeder. Uh, some interesting numbers on, <laughs> uh, on people not having kids, but the, so we've got the data on this. But what prompted this was a weekend article in the Denver paper up to our north about young people, women in particular, voluntarily sterilizing themselves. Mm. I don't think this is a good sign of, any, of a healthy culture, folks. Boy, no, we're not a healthy culture. We know that. And that's why you listen here to some healthy guys right here in the Kiva. Not vaxxed and not infected. 524, back in three.
529 here in the Kiva. We're here with D-Dowd, uh, Muska, and uh, your calls and uh, texts. We'll be taking them during our third hour. I'll go ahead and uh, <clears throat> relay some of that stuff uh, out there. But I guess uh, Dowd has coined me that I am a breeder. <laughs> I guess that would be a, it was not a an insult. Word. What's that? Not an insult. <laughs> okay. I like uh, breeders. I, mean, uh, I think uh, the word that I'm surprised breeder hasn't been banned also from twitter oh, oh yeah. no the lefties love that the lefties people who don't want children they love that term to throw it out at people who've had children so yeah it's really it's really something very popular right. in the child free movement <laughs> yes so i guess we're producing a lot less folks not good the uh, birth rate increase uh is uh not going uh, quite as uh, much as we can we're not even at the replenishment rate but the 2021 rise, this from NPR, in U.S. births is likely a baby blip, not a boom. If you look at the way that people are living, they are buying larger houses, but not because they're looking to have more children. It's because they're looking to spend more time and work away from home. As I mentioned to you earlier today, uh, Melina has uh, decided to go ahead and tell their entirety of their workforce to stay home going forward. 700 plus of so their downtown confines. About 65 to 70,000 square feet uh, are going to be emptied. But according to the National Center for Health Statistics, they announced today that the 1% rise in U.S. births in 2021 was the first increase in births since 2014. Now, we did anticipate that there was going to be a boom, right? I think uh, it, that sort of goes without saying. But if you're looking at stats and you had declines every single year from the year before, and you go all the way to 21, like it doesn't take much to figure out what the heck happened here. Are we on 2013? Uh, not even close. If you were to come, I, I don't even need to look at the graph to tell you that we were producing far more children back in 2013, back in 2003, back in 1993 than we are here in going to be 2023. And I know that if dad were to look that up, that we would be right. 1% increase in NPR, they are recognizing this. From the previous year, they said the number of births in 2021 was 2% lower than the number of births in 2019, but it's their first increase. So are we turning the corner? No. People are far different about the way that uh, they're approaching family life. I think uh, they're designing their their new lives. Uh, they live part-time here, part-time there. You know, everyone's got their little me, 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 I uh, just want to be me generation. The pandemic brought a baby bust in 2020, not a baby boom. People were so afraid. If you have ever seen a woman with monkeypox and you're heterosexual and you're a man, you would never want to touch another woman again, except for a woman that you have known. Trust me on this. Okay. Now, did you uh, furnish our, our wonderful um, a Rock of Talk chat subscribers with that? Uh, I believe I did link to that. Yes. yes. Oh, wow. Uh, it is grizzly, it, grizzly. Yeah. I'm, I hope that was not the most clicked because uh, <clears throat> you won't be able to eat for the rest of the day. Uh, the bust didn't last long, according to NPR, thanks to the labor market's recovery, the government aid, and other factors. Uh, it wasn't government aid. It was government full-time support. They were sending you money, and you didn't know what else to spend it on. Uh, I would probably also say that the blip has a lot more to do with uh, higher dependence on ganja, you know, marijuana, uh, higher dependence on alcohol. Uh, I think that has a lot to do with uh, people getting so drunk and knocking each other up that they didn't even know that they got pregnant. So. You know, uh, I don't know that there's anything else. So conservatives, before you go spiking the football, thinking that uh, we're, we're winning the argument on this, uh, au contraire. I think even conservatives, by and large, 
are having less and less children because <clears throat> the age old question, who would want to bring a child into this world is uh, certainly getting uh, answered. Um, I think with a little bit more resonance. U.S. Uh, yeah. birth. Yeah, go ahead, Dow. No idea. I was just going to break it down by um, sure. uh, we don't have the, the 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 racial or ethnic and state level data for 2021, but we have it for 2020. And so uh, women need to have 2.1 babies, of course, because some unfortunately some young people die. So you can't just two for two in order to maintain. So preferably you want more than 2.1 per uh -huh. woman. So you might have a growing society and maybe actually bring children into the world. Uh, white non-Hispanics. We are at 1.55. That's less than 2.1 for, for wow. steady state. African-American, well, you could say, oh, all those welfare mamas. Nope, 1.71. They're below replacement level. Asian folks, you know, strong families. 1.39, lower than the first two groups. Hispanic people, I mean, oh, they, they have tons of babies. 2.1. 1.88 for 2020, mm -hmm. below okay. replacement level. And then, of course, you, you, you factor in everybody, it's 1.64, well, well below replacement level. Now, I'm going to give you some stats. What about stats. Muslims? Muslims are like uh, 7.1. Yeah, but probably not in the developed world. Uh, I'd, I'd be interested to break that down by what kind of country you're in. Um, I don't that, know Eddie, that. that's a good question, though. That's a very yeah, good no, question. I think Muslims are have something like five or six children uh, per person. I mean, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> anyway, I won't make the... Make well, the what I will, I will give, uh, and a lot of folks on the right, conservatives and libertarians who look at demographic data, and I'm, I'm one of them, a lot of people are very excited over the fact that there's this cavernous gulf between mm. blue states and red states in terms of having mm. babies. Now, nowhere in America do we have a lot of babies anymore. You can't say that some state is 2.9 or 3.5 or 5.1. Nobody's like that. But let me give you the top 10 highest fertility rates. Uh, again, remembering that women have to have 2.1 just to keep things even. Utah. Uh, South Dakota, number one. South Dakota, okay. 1.98. Uh, Nebraska, 1.94. Uh, and I, I won't give you these numbers, but these are all in the 1.8, 1.9. Okay. Uh, right. South Dakota, number one. Nebraska, number two. Okay. North Dakota, North number Dakota. three. Exactly. Not not a lot of moon bats in those states. No. Uh, Utah, number four. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Way to show up, Utah. It's all the same types of people in those four states, by the way. Uh, those are all the people I'm sort of closest to. I know people who are either their parents are from North Dakota, South Dakota, or I'm directly related, or I'm directly, and, you know, of course, I... I'll give you my famous story about uh, dating a, a Mormon and her family. So, well, I mean, you know, in, in the Dakotas and Nebraska, you have kids because you need farmhands. Uh, you, have, you, you have kids, then you go to work is what you do. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was picking blueberries at age six in the blueberry patch, okay, mm. in, in Connecticut. All right, Alaska's number five. Wow. Idaho, six. Yes, Louisiana, uh, seven. Iowa, uh, eight. Louisiana, uh, they just don't know what birth control is. So let's, no, let's they've get never heard of it. No, uh, Kansas, uh, parenthetically, uh, Louisiana, there was a fascinating article before the New York Times surrendered all its credibility <laughs> around eh, 99, 2000. They uh -huh. did a story on, on Louisiana. Louisiana is the state where people move the least. If you if you're born in Louisiana, <laughs> you're never leaving Louisiana. You know, Eddie and I lived in Las Vegas. We lived in Washington D.C., where yeah. there's just people from everywhere. Uh, and I think the headline was "Born on the Bayou with No Urge to Roam." And you know, wow. they talked to uh, you know Jean Lafitte Beauchamp of the, the 14th, and how you know oh, I live here, Mama lives across the street, and my brother lives next door. Uh, they don't move in Louisiana. They just stay where they am, and and that's why you understand the first season of of True Detective, uh, Kansas. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Kansas is number nine. Mississippi is number 10, folks. Those are not blue states, okay? Uh, so that's why some folks are, are 
you know, fairly positive about the future uh, to even uh, gild the lily a little bit to look at the places where the birth rates are the absolute lowest. Uh, they are very heavy, heavy blue states. District of Columbia, not a state, but blue. Vermont, Oregon, Massachusetts, oh, New yeah. Hampshire, Keep Rhode Island, Maine, uh, Co Colorado, a rare western state, uh, Connecticut, and you guessed it, Selfish. California. Selfish. Those are the 10 least fertile states. And you know what? If people don't want to have kids in those states, I'm thinking I'm comfortable with that. I, that that's fine if you don't want to go ahead and, and have babies there. But uh, the real what, what sparked all of this in, in my imagination to, to look at this data, folks, is this piece that was very well uh, read from our, our subscriber base at uh, oh, by the way, now, here, here you go. Here's a, here's a little uh, uh, friends from uh, Louisiana. Okay. <laughs> uh, just have the defense run sprints. <laughs> there you go, straight from Louisiana. Water Maybe boy. they have a lot of babies there because the family's all around. You've got extra, you know, uh, caregivers. I guess you know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but that's Brittany this... Spears from uh, Louisiana. Let's not oh, that's that. just yeah, yeah. It's Brittany Badge. Um, this weekend, uh, a piece in the Denver Post up up just north of us, and this looked at local examples, but they actually looked at the numbers nationally and of course you know a journalist always have to have, has a hook to start off a big think mm. piece uh, yep. hannah anderson doesn't want children the mm. 27 year old coloradan wants to be able to hop on a plane when wanderlust calls <laughs> she wants to uh, she wants a financial cushion free of child-related costs she dreams of dedicating time and energy toward fostering animals over the but, years but, anderson but, cycled right. through numerous birth control options intrauterine devices and contraceptive injections mm -hmm. that caused negative to go person mm. was sure she desired a child future she told her doctor she wanted permanent birth control sterilization anderson's doctor refused saying someday she might have a husband who wants kids it's very demeaning anderson said i felt like are they allowed oh, wow. to say this am i being punked if my future mm. husband wants kids then that's not the right person for me <clears throat> Now the data. Uh, locally and nationally, reproductive health physicians say they are seeing more people inquiring about or seeking sterilization procedures as a permanent form of contraception since, you guessed it, the U.S. Supreme Court's reversal last month of Roe v. Wade, the landmark 1972 ruling, I, I believe it was 73, that established the constitutional right to an abortion. Among sexually active Coloradans between the ages of 18 and 44 who use contraceptives, 30.8% report using sterilization, female sterilization, that's a hysterectomy, uh, hysterectomy or vasectomy as a form of contraception, according to a 2019 data uh, report from the Colorado Department of Public Health and environment. So basically, this this article walks you through these examples of young people who are uh, uh, proud that they are sterilizing themselves. Anna Gomez of Steamboat Str uh, Springs, uh, a non-traditional Hispanic, it should be stated. Yeah, uh, it took her a long time to find a doctor apparently who would sterilize her. Mm. She faced comments from her healthcare providers such as, "So your mom is never going to be a grandma." Uh, Eddie, I, I think that's a helpful comment because that's probably from an older person who maybe has lived a little and might understand that that women, uh, older women, may do may do want grandchildren. My mother, 
uh, you know, is a mean old Irish lady like all the other mean old Irish ladies who raised me. Being a grandmother is the greatest thing that's ever happened to my mother. She, she loves it. Uh, Gomez, Ms. Gomez, who wants to sterilize herself, uh, her parents grew up in Mexico. She said children of immigrants are often reminded of the sacrifices their parents made for their children to have a better life. Well, yeah, and maybe part of that sacrifice was thinking, I'm not just going to be a parent. I'm going to be a grandparent. Uh, we have a cuckboy, 31-year-old David Ferry. Uh, he and his wife decided kids weren't in it from for them. The Loveland couple also decided that he, they decided that he would get, they decided, they decided that he would get the vasectomy. Uh, he believes men should take a more active role in reproductive health. Uh, he was sterilized back in 2019. I walked in and waddled out in 30 minutes. Having heard horror stories of his female or queer friends seeking sterilization surgeries, Mr. Ferry was prepared for anything, but he faced no pushback or complications uh, good for him. Eddie, uh, as I said, I, I'm not a breeder and I don't, I'm a libertarian. I, I don't tell people how to live their lives, but I think it's the height of naivete to decide at 27 that you're done uh, with any prospect of having children. Uh, you may meet a wonderful person. You may change your mind. There's a lot of stories of feminists who've written these articles in their thirties and forties and fifties who said, I was living the career life. Now I'm older. There's no eggs anymore, and I really wish I had had a couple of kids. And for an article like this to be written that doesn't present the other side, that people, most people want to breed, maybe not at 27, maybe not feminists, but you can change your mind. And there's a larger implication in terms of how they affect their parents, the, the wannabe grandparents. And there's a larger imp impact on the public pension system we have in, in our country to completely ignore all of those issues as if they're not relevant to the discussion is really journalistic malpractice. Uh, and I had to send it out there to our, our readers, Eddie, and people really clicked on it. They, they were interested in this story. I think it's kind of sad. Well, I'm not saddened by it uh, at all. Uh, let me tell you, I'm happy these people aren't breeding. Okay. I'm happy that they don't have children. Uh, these are not people ideologically that I think should be procreating. And I'm glad that they're removing themselves from the overall gene pool. So the more that they don't want to raise children and, uh, you know, continue propagating their foolishness and, you know, lack of, uh, you know, synaptic impulses that are driving clear logical thinking, uh, I'm totally on board with it. So the more that these people want to do it, I'm so, I just, I wish that these numbers, I think they, these numbers are particularly lower. I, I do wish that, um, you know, there are certain other groups out there. I think they're having way too many kids. Um, and, but, you know, uh, overall that, you know, it's, it's going to balance itself out in some weird way. Uh, all these people are Kings and Queens. They think everything should be, uh, on behalf of them to help them design their lives, to live a life of, of complete and total selfishness and selfish pursuits. Or as you mentioned, the, when the wanderlust strike, wanderlust strikes them for them to go, like, yeah, I, I, I've always told you this. And I said, say for a very few people, you happen to be one of them. I do not trust people who don't have children because they have no investment in the future. You have a nephew that you are uh, uh, <laughs> absorbently uh, dedicated to, uh, to the point that we hear about him every day. And I'm glad to hear about that because I think it's what part, partly what makes you very human, very connected individual for someone who's living for the future. And <clears throat> these people are only living for themselves. So can we trust them to make public policy? Hell no. Can we trust them to go ahead and and, and, and run for a particular office if they haven't had children. I wouldn't vote for anybody who just doesn't have children because they have nothing to give back. And I've, I've made this point time and time again 
uh, over the years on this show that uh, these are people who are not to be trusted. Uh, you should also uh, uh, be very <clears throat> wary of, I think, politicians who don't have good relationships with their children. Uh, those are not people that you can get behind. If, uh, you know, it, it, one of the great things about seeing Mark Ronchetti or Greg Zanetti is the fantastic, or, or Louis Sanchez, yep, is yep. the fantastic connection that they have with their children. And, you know, without your children, I hate to say it, you could have the best name in the world, but uh, if you don't matter to the children that you brought into this world, you have nothing. So, um, you know, just to be, you know, but put a smile on all of this, on the, on the queens out there who need to live for themselves and carpe diem and, uh, oh, captain, my captain themselves, uh, I will tell you this. I'm glad you're not breeding. And uh, these are, I would say, of these people who aren't breeding, I would also say that I'm also quite excited about the fact that these are probably the first people to get monkeypox and have weird experimental sex with strange things and people and 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 animals and whatever else that they uh, do. I mean, they are despicable creatures. And, you know, you can judge people uh, by their fruits and uh, none of these people have anything. So uh, I, I don't know about you, Dowd, but I think you know, this Eddie, is actually I, a happy report, not a sad I've told this story probably multiple times. I have never in my life voluntarily spoken to a person. I only speak when spoken to. And when I was walking down the hallway to, in the, at uh, St. Uh, Barnabas uh, Hospital in northern New Jersey in 2004, I was telling complete strangers that I was an uncle. It, mm -hmm. it, you're right. It does change Changes your, everything. your perception of the big, your, your, your time preference. You're your, your thinking more about the future. Exactly. Uh, I always joke about exactly. how that kid's going to yep. take care of me when I need my diaper changed because I took care of him when he needed his diaper changed. That's only half a joke, uh, young man. That's only half a joke. It, it's, I'm half serious about that. Um, and, and your point is very well taken about uh, people who don't like life and don't think about the future and don't feel that they're part of uh, a, a culture that progresses voluntarily taking them out themselves outside of the gene pool. I think it's a very well taken point as is your point about certain politicians. And I can think of two members of the New Mexico congressional delegation off the top of my head. The people who bray about caring for the children the most increasingly don't even have children. Uh, there was a quote, uh, Phil Graham, the, the old U.S. senator, oh, yeah. uh, used to Back be a Democrat, became yeah. a Republican, uh, ran for president one of those years, you know, 96 or whatever. Uh, he was facing off against a teacher union official at a hearing. I've been looking for this transcript forever because I've heard the story and I, I, I suspect it's true. Uh, and uh, he said something about, well, uh, parental choice in education and school choice. And, you know, because, of course, we care about we're always going to care more uh, about uh, about our own children than, 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 than teachers, teacher unions will. And some teacher unions goon on the other side at the hearing said well i dare say uh, senator graham that that we care ab about your children as much as you do and phil graham said oh you do what are their names mm. uh, i mean you know it, it's yeah. it's just one of the greatest uh destructions one of the greatest sick burns of all time uh and uh, your, your point is very very well, well taken i do have enough humanity left in me eddie that one percent of me looks at these people and thinks boy in 10 years you guys are, most of you are going to be in a world of regret, or at least a significant number of you are going to be in a world of regret. But that's the decision you've made because you were living solely for yourself. You were bound up in this crazy environmentalist dogma about not, you know, not creating more of a carbon footprint by having more kids. And uh, doesn't the good book say you reap what you sow? Uh, that's, that's a good parable. Yeah. What, uh, what, what, do they, what do they say when you're, uh, you're sinking the Titanic? Women and children first. I wonder if Bruce Jenner would be included in all of that. And uh, moreover, when you think about uh, the women and children going first, we used to say that for a reason, because uh, we wanted to propagate the species. And we don't think about that anymore. We just think about ourselves. You can be a, 
uh billy zane uh, who jumped on that boat uh, <laughs> the titanic oh hey how's it billy zane back after a quick break uh, here actually uh we can have a long break and then we'll back to wrap the hour set up hour three god save the queen and her fascist regime we're speaking to you non-readers out there if you had a god they could save you Just so you know, we're still cooking at Monroe's. Same delicious food, familiar faces. Wait, is Grandpa still cooking? He's really old now, you know. Of course he's old, but Monroe's gives him a break often. Who's saying I'm old? I can still cook Monroe's great food and the customers like to visit me. But at your age, you should rest. Take a lot of naps. Do you see my eyes closed? Am I moving? Okay, okay. Monroe's can still use you, I guess. How about making some Monroe's sopapillas for us, Grandpa? Monroe's Restaurant on Osuna, east of San Mateo and on 4th and Mountain. No matter where your journey starts, it will end at Ann Matthews Bridal, where you will get to say yes to the dress. The Ann Matthews selection from nine top designers, including the Disney collection to 18 different lines, brings the shopping experience of New York and Dallas right here to Albuquerque. Call 890-3736 for your own personal shopping experience. Ann Matthews Bridal, 890-3736. Located across the street from Coronado Center at 6121 Manal Boulevard. It's not what you make, it's what you keep. What's your plan for the financial future you want? Call Tom Crow at Crow Financial Advisors to change your approach to money. Dial 243-2281 or visit crowaboutmoney.com. Are you in set it and forget it mode with your investments? How's that working for you? Let's have a look. I'm Tom Crow of Crow Financial Advisors, and I'll give you a few ideas. Visit crowaboutmoney.com or call me at 243-2281. Pet Food Gone Wild in Rio Rancho, pampering your pets with a full self-serve dog wash. Pet Food Gone Wild, two stations for one to three dogs at a time. Cats, too. Oh, and ask for the grooming club card. I'm Susanna, owner of Pet Food Gone Wild, providing natural food and supplements for healthy pets. Pet Food Gone Wild rewards card makes every visit easy. 
Pet Food Gone Wild. Tap to call at pets.theplaceilike.com. You and your pets will love this month's offer at pets.theplaceilike.com. Beat the heat at Sunnyside Up. Enjoy summer bliss with freshly juiced drinks. Cucumber, lavender, mimosa, or lemonade at Sunnyside Up. Show your mobile offer. Sunnyside Up offers at sunny.theplaceilike.com. Sunnyside Up, Manala, Louisiana, by the Sheraton. Hi, this is Clint, proud owner of Clint G. Bridges Mortgage, serving New Mexico. For nearly 30 years, with purchase loans, refinance loans, and also specializing in reverse mortgage loans. I will consider it a privilege to work for you. Many satisfied customers. If I open your loan, I will close your loan. Call 889-3545 for more info and to schedule a meeting. Clint G. Bridges Mortgage, 889-3545, and MLS number 174012. Clint G. Bridges Mortgage, 889-3545. Do you worry about the next market crash devastating your retirement? What if you could secure your lifestyle with the highest guaranteed lifetime income and never worry again? about running out of money. I'm Michael Trujillo, host of Your Money Matters, on Saturdays at 11.30 a.m. on The Rock of Talk. Visit safemoneyinfo.com. That's safemoneyinfo.com. Fill out the information to get your free retirement report and listen to us on Saturday at 11.30 a.m. Maintaining your cutting equipment is essential to the longevity of your tools and the quality of your product. Whether you're a woodworking professional, metalworking professional, hobbyist, or you just need a new edge on your kitchen knives or gardening tools, trust the sharpening experts at Precision Sharpening to help keep your tools in excellent condition. 884-8229. 884-8229. We love our pets. Raw Greens carry CBD for pets. Raw Greens also carry CBD for people like you and me. Come into Raw Greens today. We're Raw Greens, your local joint on San Mateo, north of Minal, or visit us online at cbd.theplaceilike.com. Taco Tote on Central across from the historic Highland Theater has the Family of Five meal deal. One and a half pounds of meat, fresh homemade tortillas, the sides, and don't forget the salsa. Enjoy takeout, dine in, Taco Tote, hugetacos.com. BMC Tactical, your premier source of hard-to-get ammo, always well-stocked. BMC Tactical, also well-stocked with a large inventory of handguns and sporting rifles, new and used. Choose from BMC Tactical's large stock of knives. Shop bmctactical.com or call BMC Tactical, 877-5357. BMC Tactical's owner, Walter, assures a well-stocked shop with a knowledgeable, helpful staff. Call Romo, Ben, or Chris at BMC Tactical, 877-5357. Straight Line Painting, a family-owned business providing their services for over 10 years. Now, whether you need a home or business painted, garage epoxy floor, or even a complete restucco, Straight Line Painting are the experts. Owners Efren and Josh are always available and oversee every project from estimate to final walkthrough. Call 505-659-0973 for a free estimate and visit StraightLinePaintingABQ.com to see their great reviews. Be cautious and still have fun. Come down to Slate Street Billiards and enjoy their 19 gold crown pool tables. Nine projection screens and 13 TVs. Don't forget about the 30 beers on tap. Darts and shuffleboard. Visit SlateStreetBilliards.com. And queue up the good times. Ready for some fun? Get down to Slate Street Billiards for their award-winning wings, soups, nachos, burgers, and appetizer menu. Plus the best happy hour around with 30 beers on tap. Near Southern and Unser in Rio Rancho. Or visit SlateStreetBilliards.com. And queue up the good times. Large lots, open spaces. Sabro Ranch, an equestrian-friendly community. Mountain luxury, stunning sunsets, fresh air. Walking among 300-plus-year-old pinyon trees. 
Presented by New Mexico's premier luxury homes, Jillian Homes, marked and sold through Weikert Realtors, 505-405-2292. You deserve to live in Sabra Ranch. Sabra Ranch. Also a member of the uh, 27 Club, uh, echoing the Bunny Man uh, drummer, uh, Pete Freitas, uh, died at the age of uh, 27 of a uh, motorcycle accident. Uh, born in the Port of Spain, Trinidad and Tobago, and educated uh, by Benedictines. Uh, he was the main producer of Echo and the Bunnymen, and uh, he died in a motorcycle accident at the age of 27 on his way to Liverpool from uh, London. Dowd. I don't think that uh, that's something that uh, you included in your 27 club, so you've got a, a new member from back in the day, died on this day back in 1989 at the age of uh, 27. Lots of the list. Yeah, that's the list. Uh, my coworker's loser son who failed to launch a 30-year-old, got some random girl pregnant, she had a kid and several different boyfriends. Ooh. Feel bad for the fatherless daughter as she is three years old and has only seen her bio dad a few times. He's not that interested in being in her life. What kind of life will this girl have? Emotionally retarded people having children. Anyone who wants to sterilize themselves should probably not be reproducing anyway. Thank you, John, for that. You've saved yourself. There's the uh, remember, argument. <laughs> remember at the UN when President Trump warned the European Union not to get into the bed with Russia for energy? They all just sat there and smirked and thought he was so stupid not knowing what he was talking about. Eccleston, yes. yeah. Formula One Racing, made billions from taxpayers by paying them for his tracks. Energy just took a page from his book. Too big to fail, too boondoggle to succeed. Uh, that certainly is this. Uh, Eddie, this is all by design. The earth is so big, it will take care of itself. Uh, anybody doing National Night Out tonight on their block? Connect with your neighbors. We're doing a cookout with burgers and dogs. Our New Mexico Republican challenger to Natalie Figueroa is going to stop by, she said. Plus, the police usually stop by as well. Let's hit the top of the hour. Back for hour three, you and me. And the dad will make three here in the Kiva on AM 1600 FM. <laughs>
with more 411 here for your third hour. I am Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM, com. Glad to be here with uh, you for the third hour, not commercial free. We've got all of our commercials. They've all played from all of our uh, more than 40 advertisers here on the radio station through the first couple of hours. And of course, uh, ddow.muska joins us here. He has set up the show uh, for today. Don't forget tomorrow I will be at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Committee out in uh, Dallas, Texas, looking forward to doing that. And uh, I've got the complete roster. And before we get to Dowd's uh, data dump, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, share with everybody who's going to be there. We've got uh, Governor of the great state of Texas, Greg Abbott. Uh, Brian Babin, the U.S. House of Representatives, is uh, also going uh, to be there, amongst a, a whole host of others, and we'll get to that. Uh, but uh, Dowd, you've got your data dump for today. It includes... New car sales, I believe, as well today uh, in the Cube Hour 3. You and me, Dowd, uh, what do you got? Yeah, we got uh, four broad categories here, folks. Uh, jobs, cars, discounts, and debt. We'll kick things off with the with job numbers. U.S. job openings fell in June to their lowest level in nine months, and hiring slowed. Not catastrophic, but not encouraging. The Labor Department said today there was a seasonally adjusted 10.7 million job openings in June, down from 11.3 million in May. Uh, by way of comparison, uh, openings were at a record high, 11.855, as recently as March 
of this year. So that that that's not going uh, in the right direction. Robert Hughes from the American Institute for Economic Research says today's jobs openings data add to the significant range of evidence that suggests the economy is weakening, while the still large number of openings suggest the labor market remains tight. The deterioration at the margin is a warning sign. Caution is warranted. Uh, moving on to the automakers, and uh, we're gonna. I guess we're gonna discuss the the. The domestics don't announce today, but the foreign automakers announced, which, of course, is a completely meaningless term because American cars aren't as American as you think and foreign cars aren't as foreign as you think. I, I got reams of data on that. Uh, there are, I think there are, I think they did an analysis one time where somebody bought a GM and then somebody bought a Toyota and the magazine went in and looked at where all the parts and where all the raw materials came from. And actually the Japanese car was more American than the domestic car. So, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of protectionists don't, don't grasp that wow. concept. Moving on, uh, the, De the Detroit Bureau website reports, Toyota uh, Motor Corporation, North America, uh, the largest automaker reporting monthly sales in July down 21.2 percent year wow. over year. Okay, now it doesn't, you know, these numbers don't get better as you go by company. Honda 40.4 percent decline in sales uh, July this year to July last year. A uh, Subaru 17.1 percent decrease. Hyundai. What's going on with these liberals and their uh, Subarus? Uh, yeah, huh? it's all about love, it's, right? Oh, I thought they—I uh, thought the the economy was strong. They're not feeling too confident. I well, see. In, in, if you own a Subaru, Subaru, you have to go to the coast, uh, the Pacific Northwest coast, and bring a blind man out so he can show you where you park, so you can listen to the whales. Uh, everybody who has a Subaru has to do that. Uh, Hyundai down eleven percent. Kia down eleven percent as well. Now it's kind of weird because J.D. Power is still predicting only a 5.7% drop, uh, whereas these uh, these automakers, one, two, three, four, five, are doing much more than a 5.7% drop. So we'll have to look at all the companies lumped together. Uh, this is the Wall Street Journal. I can't bust the payroll paywall, but I can give you uh, – I, I could. I've got take the a membership. I shoot. I Oh, okay. Uh, this article is uh, Americans uh, dollar stores are, are uh, surging. Uh, more Americans are embracing frugality as they face rising prices at every turn. Average spending on grocery products at discount chains increased 71%, not 7.1, 71% uh, between October 2021 and June uh, 2022, a 71% percent increase really pretty mind-boggling and then the final number on debt of course in america we have a lot of debt we also have a lot of assets and you've got to sort of balance those out but this this statistic's not really moving in a great direction either household debt increased by two percent according to the new york fed in the That's second quarter uh, mortgages auto loans and credit card balances seen sizable increases the main driver was housing debt which accounted for two-thirds of the rise and the 13 percent wow. jump in credit card debt year over year was the sharpest gain in more than 20 years maybe more people repeat that last one again card. repeat it i don't want to capture that I, you're right to notice that Eddie. 13 percent jump in credit card debt year over year the sharpest gain in more than 20 years hate to see okay, people so. living off credit cards because that is not a good idea mm. all right so uh let's go to the numbers back on the uh, dollar I, I think those are the biggest uh, indicator and if you've been faulting people for shopping at uh <laughs> dollar stores uh, you'll see you'll soon be there yourself uh energy costs up 41.6 percent groceries up 12.2 percent well here's what we know about dollar stores over the last 
30 years, folks, 30 years, 31 years. Let me be more specific. They have not had a losing quarter, not one, where they have not experienced some level of growth. 16,162 stores from Dollar Tree. They also own uh, Family Dollar. The chain will complement by improving their offerings, which also include the non-dollar offerings, offerings including uh, all the items that you would find in a grocery store. They offer some fruits and vegetables, but they're going to expand that as well. Although households are buying in bulk and making do without items that they never used in the past, they will likely uh, go paycheck to paycheck and no longer uh, buy and hold hold for uh, longer periods of time. So uh, there you go. That's also uh, very interesting doubt. So uh, this uh, from a couple of days ago, dollar store dinners and vats of shampoo help families cope with inflation. Now, uh, buying in bulk as things get more expensive, uh, I think is going to be by and large a, a thing of the past. I don't think people are going to be buying in bulk uh, uh, primarily because they don't know what to plan for. And they're waiting for so many of those items that they were able to know, get for a cheaper amount uh, to get even cheaper than they are because they have been more expensive, you know, over the last couple of years. So that's just something because of the increased demand uh, that has happened. So I think everyone's just taking a a wait and see approach, but at the very same time, you know, they're counting their pennies and uh, nickels and quarters now, instead of counting their their dollars, hundies and, uh, you know, uh, rolling their bankrolls at home down. I think the elements have changed moving forward. Well, and I tell you, uh, just working, uh, growing up uh, on an apple orchard that that was going to be originally intended to be partial retail, partial wholesale, ended up shifting toward all retail with heirloom apples and new varieties and, you know, pretty affluent people driving out to the middle of nowhere, the woods of Connecticut to get these unique apples. When I when I see the dollar discount stores starting to do well starting to do spectacularly more that means people are cutting back on the higher end items you know i could be anything from jewelry to heirloom apples that you could get the you can get the pretty much the same thing not exactly the same thing maybe not as high quality but it'll get the job done people going to buy a five pound bag of apples at the grocery store at a cheaper rate than you can drive out to the orchard and, and buy you know a little a little pricier item uh so that the the, the retailers who appeal to a higher uh, income clientele, they're more particularly susceptible to this kind of thing because people are making rational decisions to cut back a little, well, or a lot, depending on inflation. So um, it has a cascade effect. I know no one in Washington understands that, but uh, their their poor policy choices has a cascade effect and ends up hurting a lot of us. One of the things that uh, doesn't really line up with all this logic is the latest logistics report, and that comes uh, directly from the industrial commercial real estate sector. Uh, where retailers are seeking more warehouse space to sow excess inventory. Um, What has happened is these retailers are unwilling to sell at a loss. But as we mentioned, I think late last week, that uh, you're going to start seeing uh, people slashing prices uh, to the bone, uh, or they're going to have to go and pay to store it for longer periods of time. Uh, Prologis predicts the growth for inventories could need an additional 500 million square feet of warehouse space because uh, many of these com- uh, companies can't just write it off. They have to keep it and try to sell what they can because they have invested in it. Just because people can't afford it doesn't mean that they're just going to depart with it or at a discounted rate necessarily. The other people that have uh, perishables, um, namely fruits, vegetables, and and items that are on a timeline, that's the stuff that will be slashed as well as clothing. Uh, let's not forget that clothing has a shelf life of three months, depending upon the part of the country that you live in. So uh, that gets cycled out and oftentimes shipped out 
uh, either for new fashions. I think uh, what we're seeing with some of the new fashions, uh, Dowd, is some of the old stuff being regurgitated. I don't know where there is any new style. I mean, the, the things that are in now are the things that were in in the mid-1980s, Air Jordans, uh, Vans, um, you know, vintage, things like that. So, you know, the, the whole entire uh, economic landscape is shifting, I think, in, in so many ways. Um, just because this is, uh, we're not prepared to talk about the loss, the downturn, uh, or the fact that we have to sort of apportion uh, some of what we have. You're going to see, you know, certain employers uh, start to slash um, uh, jobs just because they can't afford it. And they're not, there's not going to be a demand as much for what they're doing. And I think people are going to become more intelligent and smart about what they're doing, which is uh, going to be forcing people to innovate, doing more with less uh, and charging more or less the same prices and be able to deliver a higher quality of service. So, you know, economics is fun, folks. It's where I live. It's what I do. It's something I understand uh, completely. So if you're looking for the best talk and the best logic when it comes to sort of navigating these perilous times uh, going forward, look no further than uh, this particular uh, program uh, from 4 to 7 here in the Kiva. What else you got, Dowd? Anything else in the Dowd's data dump from the 6 p.m.? Uh, no, that is it. We are uh, expecting earnings reports. And, uh, of course, on Thursday, Virgin Galactic. We'll see. Now, the low end of their uh, uh, non-earnings, the opposite of earnings, will be, I think, in the $40 million. The high end of their non-earnings will be around $75 million. We'll see where they fall on that spectrum. Uh, products at discount chains, uh, by the way, have also increased. Uh, here's the bad news about these dollar stores uh, before you get too excited about uh, the amount. They've actually increased year over year at the dollar uh, store. So they say their dollar that is cheaper, but even the dollar stores have been increasing. Their year over year price increase, 71%. So I guess the $1 stores are a buck fifty stores or $2 stores. So uh, it's certainly... A, uh, a bit different uh, than, than it was. Um, if you have a, a, an economic story that you'd like to share, uh, nice to see the Albuquerque Business First featuring uh, its uh, hometown favorites, uh, <clears throat> not hometown, uh, the Italian uh, uh, chain uh, that has started. I, I've never eaten there, so I can't remember the name, but the, uh, the fierce liberals who now occupy uh, the largest uh, piece of real estate on Knob Hill, they were featuring that doubt. And I sent you another uh, clip or a cut. Uh, they're, they're featuring such business innovators like Hakeem Bellamy and uh, Virgin <laughs> the poet, Galactic. The poet. And uh, what, they had a whole section on um, M2Gs. So now let's not forget who these people are, folks. Uh, you've got to be an absolute uh, Democrat, um, a, a woke ass Democrat to get any sort of recognition, even from the Albuquerque business paper. You know what they want to charge for a subscription at the Albuquerque business worst? You want to know what they charge? $395 a year. What? That, that's a lot more than 20 cents a day, folks. Oh, I forget, <laughs> forget the comparison there. There's no, go look at the subscription prices that are there. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it's absolutely, I couldn't even believe it. I was like, wow. you want me to pay $395 for what? What am I getting out of this thing? So um, anyway, there you go. Um, 550, 5,500. We'll keep it here. Uh, Dowd, let's uh, roll on. Uh, let's see. Uh, wow. I'm getting uh, yes on clothes. I'm seeing a much cheaper quality of clothes as well. Eddie, thin, thin, 100% polyester is now back in. Like they're getting it all from different vendors. Uh, this is a quote from Laura Logan. Are we really going to stand by while they burn everything to the ground in this country? War is what they want. That's how they rebuild their image, not ours. Stand and watch it burn, question mark? Not me. They don't get my children, my faith, my freedom. 
I will not settle for a world where children are sacrificed, raped every day for money or for ritual. I choose the light. I choose the truth. I choose God. Larry Logan is great. Wow. Um, wow. I certainly like, like that. If we stock up on freezer food and they're talking about blackouts, there goes your freezer food. That's another thing, right? That's another sure. thing. Yeah, that's coming. Need in. electricity uh, to maintain that freeze. <laughs> uh, anyway, need to call out the climate crisis hysteria crowd for what they are—a religious cult. We also need. Uh, there is uh, something good that I had to play that Dowd. Um, let's see if I have this. I'm going to play it uh, to talk a little bit about. Um, uh, you sent it to me a couple days ago, and it's such a startling intro. I think we'll do that next, and we'll bring it into some other topics that we want to address. But Dowd sent me something, and I downloaded it um, about six minutes. And you know where I'm going with this, Dowd. I, I watched it three times. Uh, Dowd sent me who, who his new crush is. And, oh, uh, I've crushed yeah. on her for a long time. <laughs> yeah, is she still around? Uh, we'll talk. We'll, we'll give you the doing she content every break. week. Yeah, she's still around. Really? Yeah, she's she's fantastic. All right, take, take a quick break, and we'll bring it back in three. Innovation and diversity in that sense is a, in the long run for a country, a tremendous asset. What's the aim of multiculturalism? What's it, that we all live together in a harmonious society? Is it a, a journey? Is it a journey or a destination? When, do, when are we multicultural enough? When? When's the it, end? It doesn't end, believe it or not. W Street in Old Anacostia, rural, historic significance, charm in the city. Extra pretty row houses and all the trees and the hills. And then as I explored it, when I was looking for houses, the people were very nice. You know, they would say hello and ask you how you were doing. So when she moved into the century-old row house, it seemed a perfect fit. And it was, and this happened. Those are DiBernardo's packages. That's obviously not her picking them up. You've done it all. Lighting, bars, even a home security system. So diversity in general is an asset. On the other hand, in the short run, Doing diversity is difficult. It's not easy. And it doesn't do any good for those of us who are in favor of immigration and diversity to hide the fact that in the short run, diversity causes turmoil. And even with a security camera above the door, this packet thief wasn't deterred. That camera is so obvious. So it's like she knew there wasn't a consequence. It wasn't the first time there's been an unexpected, unwanted visitor. This rear door was tampered with once, and then, again, this glass was broken in an attempt to get into the house. She's only been living here since March. This is the third incident, and they're using my house like their house, let's face it, you know, and they have an eye on my house because it's the newly renovated house on the block. After millions of years of, 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 of evolution, suddenly, within 200 years, the family and the intimate community break, they collapse. Most of the roles by the family and by the intimate community. By the way, that man, the man that you're listening to right now, that is Klaus Schwab's right-hand man. Uh, he is the planner who is talking about all this. So you, you've got to listen uh, to this. Uh, in fact, <clears throat> let me kind of add a little bit of context to all this. So you're going to hear the bounce back and forth, okay, between the different commentators. And they're all, you know, essentially trying you know, to explain away how the world has changed, how we need diversity, we need immigration, and then you add the context of the current news uh, that is coming through uh, that's actually validated news that's, uh, that, that's been aired on mainstream news and people are trying to sort of make sense of it. So then you hear the policy advisor to Klaus Schwab, which of course is the, um, the World Economic Forum, the WEF, 
And then you hear all this whole, you know, cross-section of these voices, and it makes a lot of sense. So just to add a little bit more context, we'll start from the top. Immigration and diversity in that sense is, a, in the long run for a country, a tremendous asset. What's the aim of multiculturalism? What's it, that we all live together in a harmonious society? Is it a, a journey? Is it a journey or a destination? When, do, when are we multicultural enough? And that's the question for all of us here. When are we multicultural enough? And you'll see him an, an, answer the question, say that there is no end to it. There is no aim. There is no goal. There isn't a quota. There isn't any sort of baseline. Here's what it, it, it will never satisfy these animals. So uh, Peter texts in, he says, we need to call out the climate crisis hysteria crowd for what they are, a religious cult. We also need to call out the NGOs like WEF, World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, the CDC, U.S. Climate Alliance, of which 26, all of this is being put upon you to get you behave in a different way. And you hear uh, De Benedictus or whatever the woman's name is, who's having uh, Amazon packages. She's the first person in there. She's telling you how she behaves. She has to put rod iron doors in all of this. And meanwhile, you got Klaus Schwab's right-hand guy who's telling you, you don't need families anymore. You need to be raised uh, like a community. Uh, it's neighbors, it's friends, it's everybody coming together. You're not even close to your family any longer. So this is every, and Laura Logan, uh, as I'm, I'm reading this uh, one more time, and thanks for this, are we really going to stand by while they burn everything to the ground? War is what they want. That's how they rebuild their image, not ours. Stand and watch it burn, not me, she says. They don't get my children, my faith, or my freedom. I will not settle for a world where my children are sacrificed, raped every day for the money or for ritual. I choose the light, I choose the truth, I choose God. Okay, so all of this being stated, and I'll continue with Pete, Peter's uh, text, who's, who's texting from uh, Tombstone, Arizona, I take it, and then, then listen to uh, the comment. Is there any end to any of this? And he says... In that sense, is a, in the long run for a country, a tremendous asset. What's the aim of multiculturalism? What's it, that we all live together in a harmonious society is it a, a journey? Is society. it a journey or a destination? When, do, when are we multicultural enough? When? When's the end? It doesn't end, believe it or not. W Street in Old Anacostia, rural, historic significance, charm in the city. Extra pretty row houses and all the trees and the hills. And then as I explored it when I was looking for houses, the people were very nice. You know, they would say hello and ask you how you were doing. So when she moved into the century-old row house, it seemed a perfect fit. And it was, and this happened. Those are DiBernardo's packages. That's obviously not her picking them up. You've done it all. Lighting, bars, even a home security system. So diversity in general is an asset. On the other hand, in the short run, doing... This is the guy who's going to be explaining it away and then he comes full circle back on his own stuff and he literally stays woke at the very end with his conclusion. So listen to that voice. Enough. When? When's the end? It doesn't end, believe it or not. W Street in Old Anacostia. Rural. Historic significance. Charm. In the city. Extra pretty row houses and all the trees and the hills. And then as I explored it, when I was looking for houses, the people were very nice. You know, they would say hello and ask you how you were doing. So when she moved into the century-old row house, it seemed a perfect fit. And it was. And this happened. Those are DiBernardo's packages. That's obviously not her picking them up. You've done it all. Lighting, bars, even a home security system. Not so enough. diversity in general is an asset. On the other hand, in the short run, Doing diversity is difficult. It's not easy. And it doesn't do any good for those of us who are 
in favor of immigration and diversity to hide the fact that in the short run, diversity causes turmoil. And even short with a security run. camera above the door, the packet thief wasn't deterred. That camera is so obvious, so it's like she knew there wasn't a consequence. It wasn't the first time this there is no unexpected, unwanted visitor. Rear door was tampered with once, and then again, this glass was broken in an attempt to get into the house. She's only been living here since March. This is the third incident, and they're using my house like their house, let's face it, you know, and they have an eye on my house because it's the newly renovated house on the block. After millions of years of, 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 of evolution, suddenly, within 200 years, the family and the intimate community break, they, they collapse. Most of the roles family are filled by what the they family and by the intimate community they, for thousands and tens of thousands of years are transferred very quickly to new networks Better. provided by the Network. state and the market. States you don't need children. You can have a pension fund. You don't need somebody to take care of you. You, you don't, don't need, need children. Neighbors and, 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 and you sisters don't need neighbors. or brothers. No, you don't need sisters or brothers. You, you can just stay the by state, yourself. You don't need children. That's what she told police. She says the initial response left something to be desired. You knew you were moving to an unsafe neighborhood. What did you expect? She went to social media with that and, in short order, a different response. The police commander called me and apologized and said that, you know, there should have been follow-up for the first time. Uh, Since then, detectives oh. have been assigned to her case. She's gotten additional security measures installed. But nothing she stopped. reluctantly put bars on the windows. So she's not crazy about the message it sends, and she knows she's not... The police it. officers aren't policing. They're spending time apologizing. That's what they do with their time. I taken down, but probably not for years to come. In the short run, diversity causes turmoil and upsets everybody. <laughs> it also causes um, anxiety on the part of the receiving population. What our own research shows is that in the short run, I sometimes say diversity brings out the turtle in all of us. It causes us to hunker down, to pull in. Oh, we're the bad guys. Because we hunker like, down. Like, so, for you, so what? For you, no history more, ends. There's no more white people left? H history ends and doesn't change. If you're a white liberal Listen leftist or consider yourself to be a white ally, mm. I have a challenge for you. Don't create any more content on TikTok until September 22nd. And honestly, you deserve a break because every day is a white person day and y'all must be exhausted. So while you sit back, listen, learn, and truly decenter yourself, black, indigenous, and other people of color, we got it from here. In the long run, diversity is this big advantage. In the short run, it's difficult. So the challenge for any immigrant society is to figure out how you make the transition from the initial stages, which are difficult, to the final stage in which you begin to have the benefits of all those of all that diversity. Who, who people benefits? today actually manage to live. Who benefits? And many people as isolated, alienated individuals oh. in the most advanced societies. Oh. Many people live as alienated individuals with no community to speak about, with a very small family. It's no longer the big... Uh, 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 the big burdensome family. family. It's now a very small family, maybe just, maybe just a spouse, maybe one or two children. And even they, they might live in a different city, in a different country, and you see them maybe once in every few months, and that's it. That's all you need. The real task for an immigrant you don't need to be connected society to is to create a more encompassing sense of us, to make the we... No longer defined by DNA, but defined by our shared values. Oh, because people have to because we don't need blood anymore. It's just it's like, do we all agree that Black Lives they, Matter? They do we all believe like in LGBTQ? Other, that, that's what, what really matters. Gradually and slowly over time.
have learned. What's the aim of multiculturalism? What's it, that we all live together in a harmonious society? Is, is, it, a a journey? is society? it a journey or a destination? When, do, when are we multicultural enough? When? When's the it, end? It doesn't end, believe it or not. It like, doesn't like end for until, you, until what? For you, no history more, ends. There's no more white people left? Hi history ends and doesn't change. Our granddaughter named Miriam, Miriam's father. Listen, listen. Is a, Miriam's mother is our daughter. Miriam's father is a Costa Rican immigrant. If Miriam were sitting here beside, standing here beside me, everybody would say, well, she's Latino. She's not. How could she possibly be his granddaughter? He looks pink and she looks brown because she looks a little different from me. Thank goodness she looks different from me. In terms Thank of goodness. ideas, in terms of religions, the most interesting place Listen. today in the world, in religious terms, is Silicon Valley. Ah! It's not the Middle East. This is where the new Silicon religions Valley. are being created now by people like Ray Kurzweil. And this, these are the religions that will take over the world. Wow. The new religions that are going to be taking over the world are made in Silicon Valley. With onesie-twosie households, onesie-twosie selfish people who don't have children, uh, Didaud Muska. I mean, this is very jarring, uh, but maybe not. Uh, maybe, maybe we're the ones that are, are jarring in the fact that uh, we don't agree with this, this crap. But, you know, folks, that is the new wokeism, and I think you guys all need to hear it uh, out there. And they're pushing out these myths that they want you to believe. You know, they want you to believe that all cops are bad or all the crime that is committed is just cops killing bad black people or that, uh, you know, you're racist or how, how you are uh, not a accommodating enough or, you know, you're taking from these people. The reason why you have everything you have is because you've taken from these people like this. This stuff just has to stop. So Laura Logan is exactly right. These NGO, these non-governmental organizations who are advancing this are literally stating emphatically and explicitly and he, he said it right there. There's uh, Klaus Schwab's uh, right-hand man stating the new religions are going to be established and they're going to take over the world and they're from the Silicon Valley. That is uh, it. So uh, Peter says we need to call out the climate crisis hysteria crowd for what they are, a religious cult. We also need to call out the NGOs like the WEF, the WHO, the CDC, U.S. Climate Alliance, of which 26 current governors who impose the strictest lockdowns are members, including MLG. All these organizations are completely down with the Agenda 2030. That, that's the a religion. Agenda 2030 is the new religion uh, for these people. And the Great Reset, which is nothing more than a Trojan horse for billionaire elites, predator class to consolidate control of all land. Jeff Bezos is your god, uh, folks. Uh, uh, Elon Musk is your god, folks. Uh, Bill Gates is your god. These are your gods going forward. All water, all food, all animals, all minerals, all natural resources – these charlatans have no intention of living in harmony with nature like everything else. They want to dominate it and micromanage it. These charlatans are pathological liars. Everything they say and do is deliberately inverted, especially science. This is a war on humanity. We are the carbon they want to eliminate. So, Dowd, your reaction to that before I move on to well, just uh, two, piece. Yeah, two quick points. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you played it, Eddie, because it's, uh, th that, that is a pregnant, a very pregnant vi vi couple of minutes of video. Um, the news report that you heard was out of NBC4 in Washington, WRC-TV. Uh, those of us who were there in the early 90s, uh, Doreen Gensler was our dream girl on, on, on NBC's Washington affiliate. Uh, and the reporter was talking to a white liberal who moved into a, a section of the district called Anacostia. It's a little southeast of Capitol Hill. Uh, near the Anacostia River, which comes in and, you know, comes into the Potomac and makes the Chesapeake Bay. Um, 
I went looking for her name, Eddie, and there is a woman mm. with that name who no, no picture listed on LinkedIn as a, a food security specialist with the U.S. Agency for International Development, which sounds about perfect for, for, for that. Uh, she was going to be the good white liberal moving into this neighborhood. And, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to race bait, but the, the, the ring doorbell video showed all black people robbing her and yes. the point was that you know she wanted to be this good noble white liberal uh and live in a diverse neighborhood the people and she said when i walked around everybody said hi to me well some of the inhabitants of that neighborhood didn't really see her as one of their own okay we're just just laying laying the facts out there um the other element was Robert Putnam, the man who was talking about how, oh, diversity is the greatest thing in the, in the world, except in the short run, it's, it's pretty bad, actually. Um, he's a sociologist, very famous. He wrote the book Bowling Alone. Uh, back in 2007, he released this research on diversity. This is a direct quote. Uh, what we discovered in this research, somewhat to our surprise, was that, that in the short run, the more ethnically diverse the neighborhood you live in, the more you, every, all of us tend to hunker down to pull in. The more diverse, and when I say all of us, I mean all of us. I mean blacks and whites and Asians and Latinos, all of us. The more diverse the group around us ethnically in our neighborhood, the less we trust anybody, including people who look like us. Whites trust whites less. Blacks trust blacks less in more diverse settings. So this is a debate I think worth having. This is what Pat Buchanan's been talking about for 30 or 40 years. The notion of a diverse country and how the white liberal just takes it for granted that this is the one most wonderful thing in the world and it warms the cockles of their hearts. There's research suggesting that, you know, we tend to kind of like people who look like us, people who are related to us, people we share the same DNA with. It doesn't make you a racist. It just means you're more comfortable around your own kind. We, we evolved as apes in Africa with our own little tiny group community. doesn't mean we're racist. And we what is the, what is the harm in discussing the the truth behind these ridiculous you know lonely girl michelle lujan grisham martin heinrich diversity is our strength and on and on and on it and and you know put put the diversity sticker in your car what's the harm in discussing their constant argument that we're all better and stronger from more diversity well there's some evidence that that we're not and that it, it, it at least in the short term even this big liberal robert putnam and if you if you caught what he said Thank goodness my grandmother, my granddaughter doesn't look like me. Right, exactly. What a bizarre uh, thing to say. Yeah. Why don't you just say, I love my granddaughter, whether she looks like me or not? It's right. it's kind of maybe interesting that she doesn't look like you, but thank goodness. Now, my it's, not even looks, no, it's not even notable to people who are, you know, non-racist, which is, you know, ethnic people who don't pay pay attention to skin color are non-racist, in my opinion. It, it, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. my nephew does look a lot like me, but he has some other ethnic groups in him. He's got some Italian in him. Uh, I don't think about that one way or the other. If my nephew, if my sister had married a, you know, guy from Sudan or Korea or whatever, I don't really think I'd love my nephew any any less. But but that's the white liberal. Thank goodness she doesn't look like me. What a bizarre statement. And I think it reveals a lot about the way these people think. It is a mental illness, uh, to be sure. And it is a new religion as well. So mentally ill, adopting new religion. Um, this is the silver hair ponytail crowd who oftentimes journeys up north, adopts a culture, finds a, a little spot to go ahead and camp out and nest for the rest of the years in Santa Fe or in Taos. And, you know, sort of bleeds in with the people and then they call it culture. Anything, uh, but sorry, folks. Uh, 
Here's something from last night, and I'm very proud of Bill O'Reilly. Uh, he gets a lot of flack from some of my listeners. They're like, I take him off. I'm never going to take off Bill O'Reilly. And uh, for this very reason, uh, enjoy, folks, the next 10 minutes of quite possibly the best of Bill O'Reilly that I have ever heard, and then we'll do your top five and straight into Bill O'Reilly. Take a listen. And all your friends and family should know what the deuce actually happened, and we have it for you. War on the police in America, underreported story, because the progressive left press doesn't like the police, so it's underreported. First, the FBI chief, Christopher Ray on 60 Minutes. Go. Violence against law enforcement in this country is one of the biggest phenomenons that I think doesn't get enough attention. Last year, officers were being killed at a rate of almost one every five days. But why are more officers being killed right now? Some of it is tied to the violent crime problem uh, as a whole. But one of the phenomena that we saw uh, in last year is that an alarming percentage of the 73 law enforcement officers killed in the line of duty last year were killed through things like being ambushed <clears throat> uh, or shot while out on patrol. They were killed because they were police officers. Right. Wearing the badge. And, and this is an important part. Ambush. How many ambush videos have you actually seen? Now, Dowd, I was trying to solve his problem because he was trying to source uh, the material. And there's a reason why he can't source the video, yet it's on Hip Hop Planet or whatever that, that's called, Hip Hop Hooray, uh, whatever, where they sell THC and celebrate the killing of cops, uh, what was uh, uh, ever on there. And I, I played this uh, and I said, oh, this is why. It's becoming submerged in the deluge of cover-up uh, media because make you a target all right here are the stats last year 21 59 percent increase in cops intentionally killed in the line of duty intentionally of them up from 46 in 46 to 73 so uh i think the best expert on crime in this country right now is this Heather woman McDonald. available she is I love this a woman. fellow at the Manhattan yeah. Institute, comes to us from Irvine, California. You are going to love so every word out of her mouth. You wrote an article recently that said police shootings on unarmed black men have gone way down since George Floyd, yet police being killed is way up. Right? Do I have it correct? Absolutely. And uh, when you make the calculations, you find that a police officer is 400 times as likely to be killed by a black male as an unarmed black uh, person is to be killed by a police officer. So the narrative what? that every... What? What? What was that? Hello? <laughs> is my radio broken? What is going on? What? What was that? If the calculations, you find that a police officer is 400 times as likely to be killed by a black male as an unarmed black uh, person is to be killed by a police officer. Wow! So the wow! narrative that everybody has absorbed uncritically from the media, which is that we're living through an epidemic of racially biased police shootings of blacks, is completely false. The impression that people have that that daily blacks are getting gunned down is a complete optical illusion created by highly selective, deliberately uh, uh, manipulated press coverage. Okay. Wow. 
that feels like that feels like a day at the spa as far as i'm concerned right there if i've ever had actually one i mean manipulative press coverage i think we just uh went through a little stint of that uh here recently didn't we uh let's continue with uh miss harrington in 2021 only six black men were killed by police, six black unarmed men, okay, not in the commission of a crime, six. Have you looked at all six of those cases? Not these particular ones, but I've looked at this category of unarmed. This comes from the Washington Post database of fatal police shootings. And I did a very exhaustive analysis of their 2015 unarmed cases. And the Washington Post is quite generous to say the least in how it characterizes somebody as unarmed. In 2015, you saw people who were grabbing an officer's gun. So it wasn't his gun. It wasn't the, the criminal's gun. So he'd get, get it to be counted as, as unarmed. Right. But he was putting the cop on notice that he intended to kill him. Or you can be fleeing in a stolen car with a loaded semi-automatic pistol in the seat next to you, and you still get to be counted as unarmed in the Washington Post. But, but let's say that it, this is truly, these people were not unarmed. They were not... Uh, attacking, but they were all resisting arrest. Uh, that's compared to self-identified 47 million Blacks in this country. That is not a big reason why Blacks die of homicide at 13 times the rate of whites between the ages of 10 and 34. The reason Blacks die of homicide at such higher rates is not the cops. It's not whites. It's not white supremacy. It's that because they're being killed by black criminals and the nation turns its eyes away from that reality and, and is engaged in this racial hysteria, blaming white people for every problem affecting blacks today. And that's not justified. And it's wow. It gets better, folks. Take a listen. Not backed up by any stats. So the reason that the Washington Post and New York Times, NBC News, all of the corporate media the reason that they don't report the truth based on the statistics as you do at the Manhattan Institute is because fundamentally they believe that white police and white politicians and white people with power, particularly white men, are racist and don't like black people. That's the genesis of all of this, is it not? Well, I can take that's true. That's sort of an intermediate level belief. And I, I totally agree with you. I think they do believe that. But the reason that they are so insistent on this obsessive compulsive search for phantom white racism is that the elites are terrified about black inner city dysfunction. They do not want to look at it. We turn our eyes away. Every day, blacks are beating up on whites in just extraordinarily sadistic ways. And it never gets covered. Uh, it's now. Do you have a police report that shows exactly that? An extraordinary thing. This is not the behavior of white supremacist Bill. Uh, we we sweep this black inner city barbarity under the rug because the whites are the elite whites are terrified that the behavior gaps and the achievement gaps are never going to close, and so they are preemptively coming up with the only allowable explanation for the lack of racial proportionality at Google and the over-representation of Blacks in prison, the only allowable explanation today, if you're on MSNBC, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, is white racism. 
Right. And if you say the opposite, you're a racist. So therefore, nobody says the opposite because they don't want that brand put on them. So that we're in basically a twilight zone of talk about misinformation and disinformation, where the truth is not going to be told by the corporate American media because I mean, th this is the biggest conservative voice of the 1990s, the 2000s and uh, the first half of the, uh, the, the, the following decade. Bill O'Reilly, who worked for the largest corporation, including Fox News, who's saying this and going after exactly this. Because remember, Fox News is woke as you know what right now. They don't want the people to know the truth, that there is much more violence in the black community than in the white community. Do I have it? Yes, I mean, the videos don't lie. We've seen the videos of the looting. Everything in the criminal justice system today is driven by one thing, and that is race. If you wanna understand why progressive prosecutors like George Gascon in Los Angeles or Alvin Bragg in New York or Kim Fox in, in Chicago are not enforcing laws against looting, turnstile jumping, uh, trespass, resisting arrest, it's because if they do enforce those laws, they will have a disparate impact on blacks, not because the laws are racist, not because the police are racist, not because judges are racist, but because blacks are committing crime at astronomically higher rates. And we've decided as a nation, well, somebody's decided, at least the elites have decided, we would rather not enforce the law at all then have a disparate impact on blacks. And the I, result of this, of course, is that another 2,000 blacks were murdered in 2020 compared to 2019. Right. I mean, the, the violence in the black- Just by not enforcing the laws. Just by not enforcing the laws. That's it. You get more dead people, more dead black men, because they didn't enforce the laws because they were afraid to prosecute black people. This is staggering, and, and nobody's done anything about it for decades. Last question, has the Manhattan Institute or you researched the reason why blacks in America are more violent than whites in America. Is it poverty? Is it deprivation? What is it that drives the violence in the black community? Well, it's certainly not poverty. The, the safest period in this country's history was the Great Depression. We had virtually zero crime. Uh, it is the breakdown of the black family. These kids are not getting socialized. Their fathers are not around. The mothers have children by many different fathers. The fathers have children by many different mothers. It is chaos. The social skills are not getting passed on, bourgeois values. What sort of upbringing leads to a, a young black teenager, 15-year-old, spraying bullets across a sidewalk with utter indifference to who he kills? There is a breakdown of basic civilizational norms the, the root cause of this is the breakdown of the family. And this is going to have to be a cultural revolution. No amount of redistribution that will never happen. Of, of taxpayer dollars is going to make a damn bit of difference. We've been redistributing money, having anti-poverty programs for six decades since the Great Society. It has not closed the crime gap. No, it's it's worse now than it's gap. ever been. It's worse now than it's ever been. There is there go. any other country on this earth? that has this, this kind question. of a problem disproportionately between Caucasians and Blacks. You want to go ahead and uh, hear the rest of that? You can subscribe at rockoftalk.chat. Uh, Dowd, i got to give you the time. Uh, your top five is brought to you at rockoftalk.chat.
Yeah, folks, uh, these are the links that you clicked on the most today at uh, rockettalk.chat. That's, our, of course, our... Um, our daily, our daily email update uh, waiting for you at 4 a.m. Uh, number one, our friend Nick Wilbur, the conservative New Mexican. Uh, why are we putting up statues to meth cookers, fictional meth cookers at this convention center? Uh, number two, KOB. City officials discuss adding more speed cameras across Albuquerque. That'll, that'll <laughs> cut down on the murders, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, number three, uh, the mayor of Santa Fe says that uh, he's going to give us a lesson in ecology um, yeah, don't don't get me started. We discussed that I think in the first hour. Uh, number four meeting coming up in Silver City to honor the Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombings. Kind of interesting. I wonder what kind of people show up to that kind of thing. And finally, uh, number five, are we going back to the 1980s with our economy with uh, Pete Maverick coming back? Uh, interesting mm. essay from the Federalist. Yeah. There we go. Good stuff. Uh, that was a good time doubt. I will see you bright and early tomorrow in the Kiva from Dallas, Texas, Sweet. from CPAC. Thanks, everybody, for joining us right here on AM1600 KIVA, BQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Stay tuned for all the show notes at rockoftalk.chat as well. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we're alive.